Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, I am on tour. I'm on the tour bus and it is so insanely different to see uh, what the world is like. We are being socially distant. It is crazy. It's not like a regular tour. We are zero contact in all facilities. So we go in through a back entrance, go into the club, get on stage, get off stage, get back in the bus and we leave that night. And it's, you know me, I am not a zero contact motherfucker. I am a 100% contact guy. And so we've, we're doing drive-in movie theaters across the country. There are still, they've opened up spaces in, I think in Fort Collins and in Indianapolis. So if you want tickets, go to birdbirdbird.com. We've got new merch at birdbirdbird.com. So, um, so yeah, I've been on the bus, putting stuff on uh, Instagram and that's about it. So we taught Jesus Trejo how to swim yesterday. Ah, we went tubing down the Rio Grande. We did a push-up contest. We did a we did a plank contest on the bus. We did a running contest, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my. We did a sprint contest. These are all be coming out on my social media. It's me, Dave Williamson, Shane Torres, Jesus Trejo, and uh, and yeah, it's great to be back on the road. I hope that this virus starts to dissipate. I hope that a cure comes out. I hope that a vaccine comes out because I'm ready to go back to regular. This is fun. This is great. But it's weird doing rooms at half capacity and and being concerned when you see a person that isn't wearing a mask. Most, mostly everyone's wearing masks, mostly, but, you know, they're grownups. And they're, and they're socially distanced. The clubs are at half capacity, but it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. Trying to be as responsible as possible. But, yeah, tonight we are in, Mo- no, we are in Montgomery, Alabama at the Stardome. And then tomorrow is our first drive-in movie theater in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've added tickets in, I think we've added them in, in all drive-in movie theaters as states have opened up regulations. Because we're so socially distant in the drive-in, they've added seats in just about all of them, but definitely in Indianapolis and in uh, Den- in Fort Collins. I've got to stop talking. I'm losing my fucking voice. So let's get with it. Ooh, today's podcast is brought to you by Tej Hanley. Look, I know I'm not being known for being a pretty boy, or even clean for that matter. I'm into pool showers. But what I've been really into lately is my new skincare routine from Tej Hanley. Just because I'm not Tom Segura and I don't brush my teeth twice a day, that doesn't mean I don't take care of myself. Honestly, I've never considered using skincare before this. I'm not a big skincare guy, but when I stopped drinking over quarantine, I started using their products and Segura started noticing that my skin looked better and it, it's made it so simple that if, if I can do it, you can do it. I was sent their products at the start of quarantine. I like them so much. I'm taking them with on, with me on the tour bus. Here's the deal. They've got free U.S. shipping, no coupon code required. They ship to most other countries too. They sell directly to you by cutting out the middleman. That's how they can provide such a high quality product for such an affordable price. Because Tish Hanley is sponsoring the podcast, they are offering my listeners a free toiletry dot bag that I have and I am taking with me on the road and I have everything, including my Tiege Hanley products with their first box. Just go to TiegeHanley.com slash BurtCast to get started for just $25. That's Tiege, T-I-E-G-E dot com slash BurtCast. I want to thank all my sponsors. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to have sponsors that can pay for this podcast and the new podcast studio that we are building that we will start using the second we get back to LA. I can't fucking wait. I'm going to sip some tea 
and hope this fixes his throat. Do you have that uh, vocal spray? No, I fucking left it in LA. Um, all right. Today's podcast is with John Reap. John is in North Carolina. I should hit him up while I'm out here. I love John Reap. I love John Reap. He is a fun dude. He has a crazy Russian story too, and he is looking for his long lost pen pal. We are going to try to find her. What is her name, Halston? Natalie McKeeva. Natalie McKeeva. If we can find her, we want to get her and John back together so they can keep corresponding, catch up, see what they've been up to the last for the last 25 years. Um, this is a great podcast. It's a great podcast. It's just comedy, guys. It's just fun. Okay? No social issues today on the podcast. Just fucking two comics dicking around, making jokes, making each other laugh, and having a great conversation. Stay safe out there, motherfuckers. I love you with all my heart. You know that. Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, new Two Bears, One Cave just dropped yesterday. New Bill Burt drops today. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is John Reap. This is I am in Hickory, North Carolina at my mom's house. Oh, nice. And you are in your uh, your garage there in your backyard, right? Yeah, still here, still here. Wait, I, were you sequestered down there? No, I, I moved back here about almost two years ago. Really? Yeah, my dad had a stroke, and he's. Oh, his- I knew that. I knew that. I t- I talked to you about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. He so he's still alive. He's at a skilled nursing facility, and so I, I came back here to kind of look after him. And then then my mom had eye surgery, so I've been taking her back and forth to the doctor. Um, I'm I'm like a skilled nurse. I'm a, I'm a nurse now. God damn, sweet. <laughs> so how bad was your dad's stroke? Was pretty bad, huh? He's paralyzed on his left side. And uh, suffered some massive brain damage, and uh, yeah, he can't. He, he his brain is with it half the time. You know, he's like he he'll hallucinate. He gets urinary tract infections a lot. Um, really, because he has to put a catheter in, and so it's you know it's not good. But <clears throat> he's uh, he's at the point where he just looks forward to you know us bringing him a milkshake every now and then, and just watching television and taking some good drugs. Was that, was that, was, can could, like, I, every time I hear about a stroke, I go, could have been avoided? Like, was he on blood pressure medicine or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, he had just had, it could have been avoided totally, although it, it, there is a history of it in his family. The history he, of it in my family. That's why I get worried because I go, I'm like, I've been on blood pressure medicine now for probably seven years. Yeah. And, and I'm, I like, my goal is to get off it, but it's so fucking hard to lose weight. It is. And I, I, I was worried about it too. There's a life screening sort of test that you can do that looks at your arteries. He, he had a clotted artery right here um, that, that, you know, caused his uh, lack of oxygen to his brain, which caused a stroke. But I think it's because he just had, he had kidney stones and he had a procedure done where they, they use sound waves to bust out the kidney stones. And I think that jostled like a blood clot possibly that got lodged here. So yeah, I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing that. I, it's called a, it's called something, a calcium T scan or something. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm doing that in uh, September. I didn't want to go in now. I was, I, was, I was supposed to do it now, but I didn't want to go in now because I didn't want, I don't want to um, get around the fucking COVID. 
How's the COVID in Hickory? We're good, man. I mean, what, Alan, how many cases so far do you think we've had? Maybe a hundred cases uh, in the, uh, the whole city. That's not that bad. Uh, no, that not, not, no, it's not really too bad here. It's okay. I don't know anybody. With, there are people walking around with masks. I've got a mask. Um, people are, um, you know, a lot of people are not working, but it seems to be okay here. You know, not as bad as LA or New York, definitely. Dude, it sucks out here. You are, you are in Hick, you're a Hickory at the right fucking time. I know. I've been thinking my lucky stars, dude. I left at the perfect time. It's insane. I, I, you know, I got friends that are still out there and they tell me it's a fucking ghost town. Dude, it sucks. It, it really does. You know, we're all talking about moving. Like we've been having conversations internally with friends just talking about like, I mean, I, initially I was talking with someone. I was like, hey, what if we just like move to Omaha for a couple months or like move for like really? six months? Yeah. And just because they're going to open up Omaha or Des Moines or those clubs will be open way before our clubs. And like, what the fuck mm-hmm. am I doing out here other than just not right. doing stand up? I, do you, you know? yeah, I, I was thinking that, that about that for you. I mean, you don't. I mean, do you audition a lot as an actor for stuff, or do you even care Never. about that world anymore? I don't really give a fuck. Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I don't think you need to. You're doing uh, awesome. Way it is. brother. You deserve it. <laughs> Rogan just sold his fucking. I mean, is he moving? Just, dude, Rogan just, he uh, wants to Rogan. move. I know. No. Oh yeah. He's definitely. Yeah. He, when I told him I was coming back to Hickory, he, he got kind of jealous. He wanted me to take pictures of the lake house and stuff and send it to him. And I'm like, you know, it's like, Oh, that's what I want to do so bad. He just sold his podcast to Spotify. Oh, fuck. What do you mean? Sold it. Yep. So, so what does that mean? That he, I mean, he de- he's still going to do it. He's still going to do it. He just sold his catalog and all the upcoming episodes. Sold the like licensed it really to um. I think he licensed. I don't. I, I didn't read the whole deal, but I'm sure he licensed it. Um. I mean, it's, wow. I, it's just mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing, mind blowing. Good for him. And like, I mean. <laughs> I, I just, John, I can't, you know, I can't wrap my head. I'm like, I'm having a hard time focusing because I'm thinking we got in this business just to tell jokes. Right. And then you watch yeah. guys like Chappelle or Rogan, or even just like, like we've seen it happen with like our friends in just smaller levels, but then you do something like this, like Rogan does something like this. And this is a game changer. I mean, this is like, it gives you incentive to, to work harder on your podcast and focus on your podcast. A hundred percent. Not only that, but during this whole pandemic, I've been busting ass on my podcast and I couldn't be. uh, It's really forced me to up my social media game and concentrate as much as I can on the podcast I have now. And I'm loving it. Almost am not. I'm kind of dreading when it opens back up because I don't know if. I, I, I'm okay with this just keeps going. I got lucky, but I sold my house. I, I'm sitting on money. I haven't bought a house yet. I, yeah. I don't need a whole lot. I have no bills. It's not that you're lucky. You know what it is? I, like, I, cause I, oh, okay. First off, hold on. God damn it. Bert, bite your tongue. Oh, I believe in <laughs> luck. I believe in luck wholeheartedly because I believe I'm lucky. And, and, and when this pandemic started, I thought to myself, God damn it. I'm so lucky that I got a little money and I don't have like a, massive house that I have to worry about and I don't have to worry about carrying a ridiculous mortgage. And then I was, and then one day I was like, I'm not lucky. I just don't give a fuck 
a ton about what other people think of me, like right. as far as wealth goes. Like, I don't care if I don't have like the hottest car. Like, I'm not a huge car guy to begin with. Yeah. But like, yeah. all I want is a is an SUV, really, like just so that I can throw shit in it and and not worry about bumping right. it up. And then, and then, and as far as house goes, all I really need is a pool. Like, I really wanted a pool. Like, so like, <laughs> right. when you say lucky, like. Like you, you did get in and out of LA at the right fucking time. Yeah. That part I'm lucky about. Um, and, I mean, my parents have a pool in the backyard too. I'm like you, I don't need a whole lot. I've got an SUV. It's old, but it's nice. I've yeah. got the pool in the back and I don't, I don't want or need anything else. Um, I have no bills and I'm having fun just hanging out with my friends on a Tuesday, we do these every Tuesday. We record them and we put them out and we just get together. It's like this, except it's my yeah. buddies that I grew up with and we have the best time. And if I can just keep doing that and turn that into like a real, you know, where I get to sell it to Spotify like Rogan, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's oh, oh I, I made this analogy the other day too. I think you'll like this. So my career, right? I moved to Los Angeles around 2000. Around, and then maybe nine months later, 9-11 happens and I'm like fuck it's over there's no more comedy uh, I came here at the wrong time and then slowly over time my career started doing well started taking off and I am where I am now okay now I move back home fucking pandemic happens I'm like there's gonna be no comedy except my career now is working on this podcast so I'm thinking oh if it's anything like it was with my stand-up maybe this is a new beginning for my podcast but those those two are so married, um, career and and podcast. Meaning like stand up and podcast. Because I I really think that the majority of my the majority of me being able to sell a ticket is so directly linked to my podcast. And I and I think my podcast is linked to my social media. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and, I, and I started yeah. I started caring. I remember the day I started caring more about my podcast. Like I remember I just didn't have anything. Like I just, mm -hmm. I didn't, I got fired from travel channel. They were doing, destroying my house or like uh, right. tearing down my house to rebuild it. And I got fired off this funnier die tour and I had no tour dates. And I thought, so this is it. It's just me and you. Like I got this yeah. podcast and that's it. Yeah. That was around the time when I think you came on my podcast and we, we got fucking hammered. Like I started caring about it. Like where I go, like, Let's let's have the most fun I can have on a fucking podcast. Yeah, but that like as opposed to, I really think when I first started my podcast, it was something to have, and I didn't know what I I wasn't good at it, so I just fucking bumble around. Not that I don't bumble around still, but at least I know I can get in and out of it. Like it's like fucking around on stage. Remember when you'd fuck around on stage when you were young, and you'd get lost, and you'd be like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can fuck around. It's on so stage scary. Go, yeah, I go. I can get out of this. I can punch out. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. I remember the first time I tried that. It's 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 a, so scary when you go off script and you don't know what road you're going down or where it's going to go. And it's 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 scary. But when it works out, you think, oh, my God, I am a God. I can now I can do that uh, and yeah. the material. Um, but but yeah, I remember that when we did your podcast there, I think it was a four, maybe a five hour long podcast. We, we polished off two fifths of Tito's. And I tell people, I, people come up to me today still after shows. Uh, well, when we were doing shows uh, and they would say like, I heard you on Bert. It was fantastic. And I went back and tried to listen to it. I was so embarrassed just by how drunk I, I mean, I don't remember how it ended. 
No, those are the best fucking podcasts. In my opinion, I'm, I'm excited for this quarantine to end. We're building a new podcast studio. We just poured the foundation today. And so we're building a oh, new yeah? podcast studio. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited. You have no idea. Is I'm it so fucking for, for, just for you or is it all things comedy or is it in no, your, just it, me. where is just it? Me. Oh, nice. Just me. My, uh, the, oh, my, well, we're building my wife a podcast studio too, but, um, but it's just for my podcast. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to, I, and it's perfect timing that, you know, that we're building all this so we can move all the equipment out of here. Cause we're just yeah. doing zoom. Oh, move right. it into the new place. I can't fucking wait, but I want to have, um, I, 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 this, you know, it's amazing to Rogan, such an inspiring fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Like just to even, this is going to sound super, uh, look uppy type thing, but like, but like, and, and not, and both of us are accomplished, fucking talented, fucking comedians with our own careers and, and have both done both of us have done so i don't mean to take away from us because we have both done right. some real shit but to eat, i mean you've got to feel this too to have a guy like that in your friend zone where you could like bump into him and pick his brain yeah it's fucking amazing it really is um i remember you know when i first came back well i told i told rogan at the improv one night i'm, I'm thinking about bouncing out of la i'm gonna leave and his eyes got big. He goes, where are you going? His favorite thing to talk about is yeah. either that or fucking Elks. Like leaving LA <laughs> is one of his top fucking five things yeah. to talk about. And he goes, all right, well, when that happens, let me know. I want to see your property, how it's going. Um, and then I, I came home and I texted him. I said, hey, I'd love to, you know, I got this new album out. I'd like to come on and talk about it. And I knew it was going to be a, a shot in the dark. Although I, I, he does respond to us comedians, you know, like, yeah. I also had a publicist and she goes, Oh, I'm going to try and get you on all these podcasts. I'm like, okay, good. You go, go do your job. And then she goes, but here's the thing. Rogan doesn't talk to publicists. I don't think I'm going to be able to get you on Rogan. I go, well, let me try. And I yeah. went, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. And he goes, of course. <laughs> of course. That's yeah. the other thing is that like, I guess maybe we're just lucky. So I'm sure there's people with books and stuff that would love to get on this podcast to promote their thing. But like we're lucky in the fact that we can text him when we have something bullshit coming out and going like and where publicists can't and be like, hey, man, I got a special. I'd love to promote it. And and what's crazy is that he just replies every time. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very happy. He did. I knew he would. But then you get like addicted to it. You're like, ooh, should I do it again in six months? When's the appropriate time? I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Definitely don't, man. And I've seen that guy in green rooms. I've seen that guy in green rooms, and I can tell you that guy's name. I've seen it. <laughs> it's so fucking awkward when you're like, bro, just yeah. shut. Listen, man, you can't. Oh, God. Like, almost like you almost think that type of guy is the guy who probably sexually assaults. Like, <laughs> He just doesn't know. Can't well, he don't know. People. Like, just like, what, man? She kept saying no, but she wanted it. She wanted it. No, when people yeah. say no, they mean fucking no. He's a guy that he, he's very aggressive with his handshake. Or he, he pulls you in for the man hug too long. And you're like, I don't know you for the man hug, man. That's, oh, that's so great. Yeah, oh, I, know, so I, know, I know those guys. And, I, uh, you know, I, as, and as happy as, as uh, look up as I am to uh, Rogan, 
I, I resist every urge to be that guy sometimes because I do want them to know how much I appreciate them, but I don't want to be that guy either. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, uh, it's, you always want, I'm always, there's a, like, there's a small group. I put, of, I, small, I, I, I put you in that a, category too, man. You know, you're, 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 you're you the, the Rogan. <laughs> well, even you, I'm like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to bug Bert too much either. Oh, you know what I mean? Dude, I, yeah, I would I have you on my podcast stuff. any fucking time. You are one of my favorite dudes alive. Like there's a, you know, there's a handful of guys that I feel like are really the same as me. And and I put like, I put like Porter in that group, like, uh, like right. Brad Williams, Tom Segura, Russell Peters, guys that like, they're just, they're very fucking genuine. Like there's always genuine when you talk to them. Yeah. There's no character going on. There's no like. There are people that when they when you see them, they get excited to see you. They know who you are. There's a lot of man people. There's so much about comics that people that are fans of comedy that just don't know the phonies, the pho- like the yeah. phony people who who will try to leverage energy or or mm-hmm. the fucking alt comics. I say alt. That's a bad phrase, but it's true. Right. The alt comics who wouldn't talk to you backstage and were standoffish or would act autistic a lot of times, where you'd be like. Hey man, how you doing? They'd be like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, um, oh. dude, that is such a great analogy. They do. They turn into Rain Man. It's like it's like, and you're just like, hey man, great set. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. And you're like, hey man, yeah. I, I don't think you're really like that in life. Because if you are, then I don't know how you fucking function. Like I don't no. know how you get coffee in the morning. I'm not certain how that negotiation goes down. You know. Right. Fucking and it was it was so frustrating. By the way, it's it's so globally frustrating because then you see like guys like and here's the other thing is like me, you. I'm gonna keep I keep putting Porter on this list because I just think yeah. he's so talented that he's a good example of guys like right. us. And I can say his name and people, you know, but like Porter, uh, fucking guys that aren't gonna make top ten list of mm-hmm. uh specials you gotta watch uh comics on the rock ri- oh, comics you can't miss uh th- this guy broke the internet we're not those guys we're just great comics mm-hmm. good guys who are always going to make you feel good when we see you backstage make our audiences feel good and, and you can have a beer with us you can fucking bullshit yeah. with us you can tell us something inappropriate we're not going to fucking call you out we're just going to be like oh that was fucked up you know like yeah. just regular just- fucking people Right. And the fact that we're also uh, comedians, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a weird frat. There's not many of us like that, I don't think. <laughs> but um, I got to tell you a quick uh, Porter story. Uh, I feel and I, and I feel really bad about this because I love him so much. Yeah. Um, is at the comedy store one night? I mean, this was like less than a year ago. It was before the pandemic. I mean, I had already moved away. I was just back visiting, doing spots and recording podcasts or whatever. <laughs> And I, you know, look, I was messed up. I was drunk and I had smoked a little bit. And look, man, and I love the guy. And I just had a conversation about uh, Josh Blue with somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Then Porter walks up and he just walks right, 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 right up to us. And I go, oh, hey, Josh. <laughs> and I know his name is Chris, right? But I, because of Josh Blue, and Chris you just, Porter, yeah. both on Last Comic Standing, and we were just talking about Last Comic Standing, 
And both of those guys were there. That was just in a conversation. I just called him Josh by accident, right? Yeah. And then as soon as I said that, the other guy next to me goes, did you just call him Josh? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, Chris, yeah. yeah. But I could tell it hurt It hurt him like for maybe like three seconds. So it, 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 the look on his face was like, what the fuck, man? You know, and I felt really, really bad. So if he listens to this, I want him to know that I never got to tell him why it happened because I felt so embarrassed and I was drunk and I just sort of stumbled away. But I want him to know it was a total accident and I love the guy. You know what I do a lot? I introduce myself to people that I already know. <laughs> I, 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 I introduce my, see, I'm so afraid. I, it was, I spent so many years, um, not just in this bit, in this business, I say. I spent so many years in this business with no one knowing who I was. So I always was like, hey, man, I, I never wanted anyone. I never wanted to be the guy that sat there and was like, they all know me. And then be like, all right, guys, catch you later. And they're like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. so I always, I always would overintroduce myself. Hey, man, Bert Kreischer. And they go, yeah, I know Bert. And I'd be like, I'm just saying, I, I just didn't want it to be, you know, I wanted to be you to be able to say my name. And then well, I think that's. That's a humble yeah. thing. That's I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's you being humble. Like, why would you assume, you know, it's it's everyone would know you. It means you, it, it, if you assume everyone knows you, that might be a narcissistic trait. But I think it's yeah. more humble if you if you do that. But I know what you're saying. I kind of do it sometimes too. But I think I cut you off. We're, no, 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 no. And I think it might be because we're from the south, and so there's a little bit of like there's a little bit of that ingrained. There's you know, as crazy as it sounds, but there's like certain civilities that if you grew up in the South, you were just raised with. And, and, and it was, I don't know, maybe I was always taught, like, just be like, I don't know, like introduce yourself. Don't assume that everyone knows you. I like doing it in situations where, especially after uh, a comedy show and people come up to me, but, but it's like, maybe like 40 minutes later and I'm just hanging at the bar and maybe they didn't see, see the show. Maybe they did. I like doing it. Um, especially if I kind of think they might know me because they go, I know, I know who you are, man. Yeah. You feel good. <laughs> I saw, I saw, let me rephrase this. Let's live in your honesty, Bert. I didn't see this at all. I didn't, I was about to say, I saw this as the way, same way we do in comedy when we go. So the other day I was buying, you're like, that wasn't the other day. And that didn't even really happen that the way I'm about to explain it. Uh, I heard a great right, story right, about right. Brad Pitt from this girl that I was fighting with or whatever. She was running the door at a ICM event and Brad Pitt walked up and he said, Hey, uh, I should be under there for two. And she goes, what's your name? And he said, she said that humbly he looked, looked at her and he went, um, Brad Pitt. And she went, and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And like, wasn't like being a dick was just like, yeah, I just assume you didn't know my name. So. Well, see, that's cool. But then I don't like her response. I'm fucking with you. Cause then it's like, Oh, you got yeah, I'm me? fucking with you. Quit uh, fucking with me. I don't like prank videos either, by the way. Now? This podcast is brought to you by Theragun. I fucking love this sponsor. I've been running nonstop over quarantine, 450 miles. I have sciatic problems and, and that sciatic problem runs up my back. And I have been trying to use <clears throat> this roller thing that vibrates, but it makes so much freaking noise that I get stressed out using it. Holy crap. This Theragun is insane. It's a handheld progressive therapy device that 
releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and it is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Theragun 4, Generation 4, which is the one I have, has a propriety brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's on while it soothes your muscles and your wife bangs it out on top of your back. Oh my God, we call it zhuzhing. I give her the Theragun and I go, baby, I need you to zhuzh my ass. I get, I get my, my butt cheek, my hip, my quad, my quad, no, not my quad. If she does the side of my leg, dude, it is almost like the, it's such a release of tension and is so effective. Here's the deal. I want you to try this Theragun. If you're working out, you need this. If you have any sciatic problems, if you have any neck problems, any back problems, this is what you need. Try the Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Generation 4 with the OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and quiet and the power you need. Start at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash Birdcast right now to get your Theragun Generation 4 today. That's theragun.com slash Birdcast. T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N dot com slash Birdcast. I would like to thank our sponsor, Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep, how your body is recovering, and how much stress you can put on your body throughout the day, from your workouts to the normal stressors in your life. It is the best fitness tracker I've ever used. I go everywhere with it. I never take it off. I love that you can charge it, but you charge the thing, then you pull the thing off the charger, hook it on so it never leaves your wrist. And right now, with all this stuff going on in the world, it couldn't be more important to monitor the stress being put on our bodies and how we are recovering on a day-to-day basis as our routines are changing. What's great with Whoop is that every day when you get up, you get a recovery score based on your HRV, resting heart rate, and sleep performance that can be used as an indicator on how to approach your day. It's next level. It really is. Whoop even has a strain coach. What I love is I get on the treadmill, I hit the strain coach, and the strain coach tells you, based on your recovery, how hard you can push it that day. And some days when you've gotten good recovery, you're like, Jesus, am I even going to get there? But you do. It gives you target exertion goals so you work out optimally for the intensity of your body is signaling that it can handle. If you're stuck at home training like I am, this is the perfect, perfect app. And based on how strenuous your day is, the app also has a built-in sleep coach, which actually lets you know how much sleep you should be getting so you can wake up and recover based on your performance goals, which you can set. For my listeners, right now, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter BERT at the checkout and save 15% off. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, optimize your performance with Whoop. Anyways, I always introduce myself to people and I and now I do it, I don't even make eye contact. I did it to Michael Costa. I walked up to him and I was like, hey man, Burke Kreischer. And he goes, are you being fucking serious? I was like, I'm sorry, man. I wasn't even looking. I just assumed you didn't. But it was like, it, and you know, it's so funny. It's a humble thing, but now it looks like I'm big time in people. Right. Yeah. If not, you don't, if you, right. I, but I can see why someone might think that if you didn't make the eye contact, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that happens, man. Uh, I, in this town, in Hickory, um, everyone's got to fucking know you in Hickory. A lot of people do. A lot of people. And they all think that I know them. And it just happened the other day. I'm standing in line somewhere and a lady just taps my shoulder. She's like, hey. And I was just said, Hey, 
And she goes, Carol, um, remember so-and-so? And, you know, it, I could have chose to lie and just went on with it. But then I, sometimes I'm thinking, well, if I lie and pretend to know, what if she keeps going and I'm still standing there I, and, and she asks follow-up questions about what the lie I just agreed to, you know, Dude. then I'm trapped in this rabbit hole. So I've, I mean, uh, recently I've just been being honest and go like, um, oh, sorry, I, I, I drink a lot. It doesn't, I, it doesn't ring a bell. Remind, you know, so, I but I've done it before. I always say car. I drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and I before. just assume, I just assume, hold on. I'm, I'm, I haven't written comedy. Hang on. In forever. I've been having a hard time writing jokes. So as soon as someone tells a story where I go, I have a story about that. I go write it down so I don't forget it. But <laughs> I always say to people, oh. I drink a lot. And it, that, okay. that's the write-off. Wait, how did it end with Karen? Well, she she goes, um, she said something about her ex-husband, okay, who is now deceased. Um, and I went, when I heard that, I just went, oh, like that. And she goes, but I'm here with uh, my new my new guy or whatever. And, and, then, and he turned around and he had a big Mopar shirt, you know, like Dodge stuff. Yeah. And they were there like cruising. They had been like doing this car thing and they, they love cars and and she goes, "Hemi guy, honey, you hemi guy." And then I thought, "Oh, this guy's really—it's going to get worse now, right?" <laughs> he turned over and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." So it was uh, even worse because I thought, you know, on one level, okay, this is you know a little annoying interaction. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to lie to her. I don't want to hurt her feelings. I just want to get my thing and get out of here. But now I've engaged too long, and then I see this other guy come in with a Mopar shirt. It's going to get worse, and then it got worse the other way. In that he didn't care. <laughs> There's nothing worse than someone going, should I know who you are? And you're oh. like, oh, good. No, I didn't start this. <laughs> hey, has this ever happened to you, Bert? I'm sure it has. Where you're, you're out somewhere, someone, um, you know, uh, is a big fan of yours, and they have a friend in the same area. They go, oh, my God, you have to meet my friend. They love you. Come with me. And then you walk with them. They introduce you, and the person goes, oh, who? <laughs> I'm like, you made me walk across the bar. Yeah. And I did this for you to say hello to your table. And they don't yeah. know who I am. This is horrible. At where they go, oh, that's not me. You're thinking of Bill. Bill's what I know. <laughs> and then you're like, well, tell Bill I said hi. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my beer. The I, I have a hard time calling people. So like if people misrecognize me or miss say my name and this by the way this is my whole life this has been my whole life oh god i always just let it go and i i don't like correcting people for whatever reason i don't really like confrontation so there was this girl in college so there was two births in college and i'm i'm very i won't say the other birth's name because i don't want to throw them under the bus uh -huh. there were two births in college one was in a one fraternity and one was it? And one was me. <laughs> one was, I knew one of them very well. And then one of them was friends with all my other friends in the other fraternity. I knew that guy pretty well all the time. As a matter of fact, we were the only two Berts at Florida State. I think there might <laughs> well, have been just said his name. <laughs> yeah. And so it was the other Bert. So there was a girl who used to have a class at the same time I had a class outside the Williams Building at Florida State. We'd always see each other walking in, and always see each other walking out. And she always saw me. She's like, hey, Bert. And she was really cute. And I was like, hey. And she was like, uh, how's Obi? Obi was one of my really close friends all growing up who happened to be in the same fraternity as the other Bert, right? Uh -huh. Same fraternity as the other Bert. 
And so Obi, like, that's a cool ass name. Yeah. She's like, how's Obi? And I was like, oh, great. I also lived with Obi, oddly enough, at the time. I was like, yeah, great. And she's like, yeah, he, he really cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, he does. And she's like, yeah, you guys are really close. I said, oh, yeah, I've known him my whole life. And so I saw her all the time, all the time, all the time I saw her. <laughs> and then one day she introduced me to a group of friends and she said, this is Bert. Uh, new other guy's last name. Right. This is that Bert. He's fraternity brothers with Obi and PJ and Chandler and all them. Oh. And I went, and I went, oh, she thinks I'm the other Bert. And I didn't correct her. I never corrected her. And, okay. I, and, and she's, and so, and so I would see her and now it was getting like, and I just not, not only did I not correct her, I would start lying. And so it looked like <laughs> I was pretending to be this guy. Like I would, it got so bad that at one point, she said, do you know the ATO oh, no. Bert? And I was the ATO Bert. And I go, yeah, I do. And she goes, he's a fucking asshole. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. So, really? so I go. So one night I'm drinking. But wait, she's probably thinking of the guy, but got the names mixed up. Got the names mixed up. She thinks the other guy is me. Right. And I am the good Bert. But she oh. doesn't know. Have you, did so, you ever clear your name? So I run up to the other Bert. <laughs> one night at a bar we're, we're drinking we were we were really good friends like i mean we, i knew the guy and it dawns on me i see the girl and he kind of ducks away from her and i go you know that bert thinks that i'm you and you're me and he goes yeah i know and i go did you have you corrected her and he goes oh hell no i said why not and he goes <laughs> he goes because i fucked her and uh and i didn't want her to tell everyone i had a girlfriend so i just said i was you and i was like <laughs> He was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a girlfriend and she asked me who I was and she, she kind of mixed it up at the beginning, I guess, cause she has a class with you. And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah. So I just let it ride. And I just, <laughs> I just always said I was you. And I was like, son of a bitch. Wow. Like, dude, that, that group of guys were so funny. There was a guy, this guy's names. I, I mean, uh, good thing you didn't get her pregnant or something. Oh. What if you had a little love child run around. <laughs> I, had, I have two more stories like that that, that, that I just that are kind of connected. One was that this guy, uh, one time, uh, comes up to me. We're at a, we're at um, we're at like uh, I want to say maybe South Carolina. The Gamecocks. We're playing them at Florida yeah. State, but it's an away game. And we're at a local bar, and I was wearing a Derek. I was wearing a work done jersey. He was wearing a charlie ward jersey and he comes up and he goes hey man you want we're at the bar and he goes you want to switch jerseys by the way halston you're gonna have to bleep this guy's name okay just (laughs) giving you a heads up he goes you want to switch jerseys and i was like what And he goes i don't know i'm tired of being uh charlie ward i want to be work done for a little bit and i was like i don't give a fuck so we're drunk i switched jerseys with him and i'm like hey guys now i'm charlie ward and he walks away and five seconds later a group of guys go there he is, the guy in the Charlie Wars jersey. Let's get him. And they come so that up. guy did some shady shit. He started a fucking fight and and like spit on some chick. And then and then <laughs> these guys are gonna kick his ass and he just switched jerseys with me. So these guys are in my face. They're about to kick my ass. And I see him come up behind and just sucker punch one of the guys. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, last story like this. Last story like this. I swear awesome, to God. dude. This is fucking state school for you. Last story, I get a call from this guy. I, I, don't, I won't say his name. Let's just say his name, Derek. <laughs> okay. And he's like, 
I'm in New York. I'm just started doing stand up, and and I get a phone call on on our phone, our landline, and it's from like uh, like a used furniture store that I knew this guy worked at. Like I was like from Tallahassee. I'm like that's so odd. Who expects to get a used a phone call from a you like in yeah. Tallahassee? I'm I'm in New York doing stand up. I answer it, and he goes, "Hey Bert, what's up?" <laughs> and he's like, "Nothing. What you doing?" I said, "Nothing." He goes, "Hey man." You know, uh, you know that chick. Uh, let's just say Kendra, the girl, the pie fi I was like, kinda. And he goes, "Let me refresh your memory. Blonde hair, big tits. She was a homecoming chairman like two years ago." And I go, "Yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Well, last night we we were Yanni's, and we went out back in the middle of the night, came out to my Jeep, and we fucked like crazy in my Jeep." And I was like, "Cool." He's like, "Oh man, it was crazy." I was like, "That's awesome, man." I go. Why are you telling me? And he goes, well, you know, uh, you know, my girlfriend, Katie. I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm still with her. I said, okay. And he goes, and that happened last night. And I had to tell somebody. And I figured you're in New York. You ain't going to tell nobody. So fuck it. (laughs) How long ago was that? Was that recent? It was 20 fucking years ago. And I tell everyone that story. That's great. Well, you know what? You didn't say his name, so you're still. I did his uh, voice though, and if oh. anyone knows that guy, they know that voice. Well, I know exactly who it is. You, that's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, you know what? I have a similar story. Not not as good as that about yeah. mistaken identities, right? Yeah. Again, at the comedy store, hanging out. You know, Shama Tosh. Yeah. No, not Shama. Oh, it's not Shama. Oh God, what's her name? Another female comedian, a little older than Shema, from somewhere in New York and New Jersey. Oh, God. It's killing me, but let's just say it's Shema Tosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, I hadn't seen her in a long time. She hadn't seen me, and we're just catching up. We talk for 10 minutes, and it's good times. Then her friends walk up. And she goes, oh, my God, you guys have to, I have to introduce you to the very funny comedian. He's right. She says, come here, John. She goes, guys, this is John Huck. Now, you know John Huck? Yes, and I can see how this switch up's done. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> so in that moment, I go, ooh, it's too, it might be too embarrassing for her to correct her in front of her friends after we just talked for 10 minutes. So I went. I didn't say anything, but then it kept going and it just, you know, John Huck, John Huck, John Huck. And I never corrected her. And I guess to this day, she still thinks that I am John Huck and he's great. I'm not, I'm okay with it. He's a funny dude, but we look very similar. You know, it's, you know, what we used to do in college just as a fun, like just to make ourselves laugh was say someone's name, just to let her off. Like just, you'd, especially if you hadn't seen someone in a while. You'd see him walking up. He'd be like, hey, Shelby. And he, and everyone's like, isn't the name Shelly? And you're like, yeah, just say Shelby. See if he corrects us. <laughs> Shelby. That's funny. I miss, I miss, I miss. It's crazy. I, I, I love, I love my life. Like, I love the fact that I'm a comedian and everything I can, all my whole day is just spent about being goofy. That's right. it. There's no, I'm not a business minded guy at all. I just think of ways to make myself laugh. Like yesterday I, I had to go to Rite Aid. So I had to put the mask on and everything. Yep. I was in Rite Aid and I'm waiting for a prescription to get filled. And, and I was like, Oh, we've been, we love Oreos, double stuffed Oreos in our house. We love them. Like that's like our favorite, yeah. that's like the best thing in the world. 
And so I go, I'm going to do, I'm going to get some double stuffed Oreos. So I get double stuffed Oreos and I bring them out and I put them out on the table and the girls don't wake up. They just don't wake up until like one o'clock. And so Mm -hmm. I've had these out since nine in the morning and no one came to see them. And so my big reveal is kind of let, I'm like the winds let out of it. So I take them. I put, by the way, I put this on Instagram. I take them, I shove them in my uh, cabinet next to my recliner. And I say on Instagram tonight, when we're watching a movie, I'm going to reach in. I'm going to pull an Oreo out. I'm going to eat an Oreo. I can't wait to see my daughters go, who the fuck has Oreos? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I'm a grown adult. I'm a grown adult. And all I did all day was wait for that moment <laughs> to pull out Oreos in front of my daughters and then ju- and then and make myself giggle. And I, yeah. I, I, I so I won't, I don't want to get, I would never trade the life we have now, this fun life for then. But there is something cool about before you were a comic and you were just really fucking funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing it for no reason other than to, to make your friends laugh and not for like, well, this is a bit, let me go work on it now. You yeah. Know? Like it was almost like, did you feel like when you started, there was like a, do you remember the first time you saw that people were doing the same jokes the next night and you were like, <gasps> Oh my God. Uh, two things happened in that moment. One, I felt betrayed and I felt, yes. Uh, angry, but then I started thinking, Ooh, so that makes this job a lot easier then. Dude. I remember thinking that too. And I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing Mitch Fattel on stage and he got off stage and I was, and I thought, by the way, I apologize if this bothers Mitch, but Mitch Fattel, if no one's seen him, his act is very like slow and like, like almost methodical, but it could be confused for a, special needs kid (laughs) yeah no he that was his thing for a minute i think yeah and i remember seeing him i was at dimitri martin i saw him on stage and it was like my it was about probably my third time going to a comedy club and i walked up to him and i was like you are very good at comedy and he was like (laughs) thanks and i was like what the fuck like like i remember seeing i remember seeing uh tony woods and and he did the the same joke he opened both these shows with the same joke, but it was a, it was a joke of like, it was a bailout joke. Like he went on and kind of fucked around on stage and, and then said a joke. Like, uh, he was like, I think his premise was like, what you don't, you get to work and start working right away. You don't go in, clock in, check right. out with the girl with the big titties. And like, it was, a, it was like a joke about how he wasn't, it was his opening joke. And I saw him do it the first night and it murdered. And then I saw him do it the next night and I went, Oh my God. He just did the same joke. Like, fuck. Yeah. I remember, I remember sitting in the back and then do you remember like, do you remember when you were like, this is a weird moment of memory, but do you remember at the time when you were watching comics and they maybe weren't the best and you were like, wait, I've been to radio shack. I've, how did I not see any of this shit? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I remember a comedian. um, This was at good nights years ago who came in and his whole opening joke was that bailout joke where he would go on stage and people are clapping and he walks up there and he just, uh, he, he's got a cup of, uh, like it looks like co- coffee, but it's hot water. And he pulls some tea out yeah. and he just starts doing this and it's really quiet and he doesn't say anything and he blows on it and he takes his hat off and he puts it on a little hanger or something, takes his jacket off and people are like, what's taking so long? He goes, what you, you you go straight to work when you get to work or something like that? Yeah. And at the time, I go, oh, that's genius. But 
over time I've realized, oh, that's that, that dude was kind of a hack because that's all. I mean, his whole 10 minute, five minutes was that that dumb bailout joke at the beginning every time. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. That was like a, that was like a game changer when you were like, I remember, I remember learning. I remember the day and the meal that I learned that when people ask questions to the audience, they would have some intuition or inclina- in- inclination to know what they were going to say. Before that, I would ask questions to the audience <laughs> and just, they would be like, literally like playing tennis with a blindfold on, like going like, Ooh. and where do you think you'll be the day you die? And then thinking like, yeah, and they'll be like, huh? as right. opposed to, I remember someone said, you know, David tell, I, I said, David tell is so genius at like asking people and like coming back up, come comebacks. Like when yeah. they, he'd say something to someone and everything he says is genius. And someone, Mary Katz told me we're eating Chinese food. Yeah. He was, he's asking them questions. He knows what their answers will be. And I went, right. what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he's got a joke about a one-legged pirate. So he says to them, do you, have you ever met a pirate? Oh, I knew a one-legged pirate. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. oh yeah. That's yeah. It, but he, he did it so good that you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, so no, I know exactly so what you're good. talking about. Yeah. It's crazy. All the tricks of this business where you were, when you get into it, you're just blind. Cause like, I, f- I feel like me and you, I feel like we're in the same group of guys who are like funny off stage, funny on stage, fun to be around funny, not class clown per se, like, but like funny in high school, funny, like funny yeah. in a bar, always funny. And then you go to do stand up going, all right, I'm funny. I just got to figure out how to start it. And then you see guys going like doing tricks and you're like, oh, motherfucker. Yeah, I can do that. Like if this guy who I know is not funny off stage and he's he's using the tricks, I know I can at least do the tricks and I got a little talent. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember all of that. It, it was amazing. To, the first time it happened, I was just like, I was happy and pissed at the same time because one, he got me Two, oh shit. Those are the rules. Oh, I can do that. That's going to be real simple. I remember being gotten at an older age too. I remember being gotten the second time. <laughs> I remember watching Stanhope for the first time and he was on he was drunk on stage. Yeah. And I watched it and he got off stage and he wasn't technically as drunk as I thought. Ooh. And 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 I, and I was like I was like, "Wait, I thought he was fucking hammered." <laughs> and he was still drinking and talking like the same pace and it was like he wasn't as wasted as I thought. And then I saw him the next night and it was the identical same act. And I remember going like, hold on. That's hilarious. I was, there's nothing better, especially like, I, I wonder if this is like across the board, you know? Well, there's, have you, have you ever heard of Klaus Myers? No. Germany's number one comedian. Uh, that's how he built himself. He would go on stage and for uh, 15 minutes, his whole act was in a German accent and he would go on stage and go, I'd like to apologize for uh, trying to take over the country three times. And uh, he had all these jokes about Germans and World War II and all this stuff. It's very funny. And then about minute 16, he goes, but since I have been in America, I have learned to talk with a accent from Ohio. I'm just kidding. I'm from Ohio. And people were like, what the fuck? And he just, he goes, yeah, I made that whole part up and he had to do another 15 minutes and he couldn't follow. I don't know why he chose to do that because it was very hard for him. 
why he chose to do that. That is the dumbest thing in the world. The he couldn't follow thing. himself. Couldn't follow that shit. How yeah. the fuck are you gonna, dude? I remember. That's so fucking funny. I remember one time I was working with Jay Moore and he told the audience he used to do this thing. I don't know why he did it. Now in retrospect, I go, it's kind of a dick move, but, but he would have Segura do five minutes, 10 minutes. Then he would do an hour. And then I would do the last 30 minutes of the show. Right. So I would get the, I would just get the check spot. And, and at times he would try to fuck me up on purpose. But I think back then you're like, you're like, he's testing me. You're young. I remember a period, there was a period of time where he wanted me to change my name to just uh, Bert, <laughs> no Kreischer. Okay. And it, you, and all I didn't realize it, but it, with people with one name, if unless you're known as someone with one name, you just don't get an applause. Like, he, like they go, put your hands together for Bert. And it would be silent. And they're like, and? Oh, And then I'd yeah. be on stage. Yeah. I remember one time he said, he brought me on stage. He goes, this next guy coming to the stage is one of my favorite comics and what's amazing about him is he just got his vision back yesterday. He's been blind <laughs> his whole life and he just got his vision. And I, I'm so interested to hear him talk about what it's like to see the world for the first time. Put your hands together for Burke Kreischer. And oh, I man. went on and I started doing an act. I did my act, but I did it. I was doing my act, but I was doing it as someone who had never seen before. Uh, okay. So like, okay. <laughs> so like, uh, like I was like, I got pulled over the other day, which is crazy. I've never driven. And I didn't know that that's what it was like. I mean, I've been in cars my whole life. So every joke I had, I, I then could preface with the fact that I'd never seen. So I, I like. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it was actually. And so all of a sudden I'm like, God damn it, man. I wish I had this. I wish I hadn't seen. <laughs> I was like, right. I was, that was awesome. your thing. Yeah. That I was like, I got, awesome. I got two kids, which is amazing because like. I didn't know one of my kids was blonde. And it's so funny because I've heard blonde jokes my whole life. And now my kid's blonde. And it was just like, imagine if you just had a new jumping off point for every fucking joke. Right. And oh then my and, God, that's awesome. It and, does two things. Um, well, one, it's like, it's an exercise for you. You're like, okay, let's see if I can make this work. Yeah. And you did. And two, it, it makes people like you even more. Uh, your likability is through the roof. And everything you do is with the with the rose-colored glasses of this is a guy experiencing everything for the first time. So, That's like, awesome. I had a joke about touching cops' faces. It's so much funnier <laughs> when you've been blind for fucking 30 years and a cop pulls you over and you're like, you know what cops hate when you touch their faces? I go, he was right there in my window. Like, he's, like, talking to me like this, and I just put my finger to his lips and went, shh. And everyone's like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> but it's, it's so funny because... Uh. And then you go, fuck, man, I've seen people who can't follow things. That's the craziest when you have something in your act that you can't follow. Oh, right. And, and you're just like, yeah, I, that happened to me early on in my career. Um, I used to dance a lot. I, I, I used to call myself the hickory dance machine and I would go on stage and I would make fun of dancing by dancing. I'd make fun of people who took dancing too serious and I would, but I had rhythm and it looked good doing it. I could do it on the beat. I did it to music, people, songs that people liked and, and it just got to be like a thing at that club. Good nights. People knew, yeah. oh, you know, open mic night. Here comes a hickory dance machine. But the first time I had to feature was in front of an all black crowd. Like the, uh, the, the, the comedian didn't show up, you know, or it was late. And I had to go up and do, you know, 30 minutes. And I'd never done 30 minutes at one time. 
I said, uh, well, I'll try I've done 30 minutes before. It's just not all together. Yeah, no, no. I've never done it once. I've done seven here. I've done 15 here. I did 10 here, but I've never put them together. And I, by, the way, that's, by the way, that's a very real. Do you remember when, when like a manager at a club would go, how much time do you have? And you're like, I have an hour. I don't know if I can string it all together, but I got an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Give me some time to figure this out. Uh, I can put it <laughs> People together. People are into non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I did was I used that dancing as my non sequiturs. I told the 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 uh, the manager at the club, I go, dude, when I say hit it, Paul, just hit it. And so I went up dancing. And by the way, let me tell you, there is nothing funnier to an all black crowd than a white guy dancing. <laughs> and I went up there and I was dancing my ass off. And they were like, woo, we love him. And then it would end, and I would get into my stupid jokes about being from the south <laughs> or something, and they'd be like. Um, no, no, we don't need you to dance again, you know? And so I just go, okay, um, hit it, Paul. And then the music would come on and I would dance again. So I couldn't even follow the, the dancing, you know, it sucks when you have something that's, you, you don't know that that should be a closer yet. You know, when you're I, figuring I, it out. One of my earliest mistakes was I brought my guitar on stage <laughs> and I, man, I, I made a decision. I bombed so hard. You can't see it. There's my I see guitar. It. I see a guitar my case. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And right here, you'll see like right here is a sticker. It's an, it's a taxi sticker from a New York taxi. And the reason that's on there is I brought my guitar on stage and I was like, I'm going to do some stand up, and then I'll play a song at the end. I'll close on a song. So I bring my guitar on stage at the Boston comedy club and I put it right to the, to the right of the fireplace. And the whole set, like if I'm standing right here and my guitar is here, yeah. the whole set, all anyone did was just look at that guitar <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. I'm on stage doing stand up and they're like, when are you going to, when are you going to yeah. do that thing? Cause yeah. I see that thing. I know that's there and I know that is good. Like whatever that is will be good. This right. is not that good right now. And I played the song and I killed the song murdered. And I thought to myself, I will never, I will never, and I have never brought a guitar ever on stage with me again. And that was my thing in college. In college, I used to play songs. I used to do funny songs. I do Jane Says as the guy from the B-52s. Uh, Jane Says! She's on the studio! Like, yeah, I would, I would do impressions and songs. I had a whole song to, like, uh, Jack, uh, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp's Pink Houses. Like, I mean, I just, it's all, it's, it's my whole bit in college was I would play the guitar and write funny songs. It was like, oh, wow. And it's, and, and all through college, that's what everyone knew me as. Bert, pull out the guitar and I could just improv funny songs off the top of my head. Wow. And man, that one time I said to myself, by the way, I've said to myself that a number of times. Like, I remember, one, I remember I used to do, I used to do, Aaliyah had a song called, uh, Boy. I've been watching you like a hawk bum, in the bum, sky. Bum. And this is your plane. plane. I, yeah. Baby girl. <laughs> yeah, I remember I'm the that. man from the big VA. Around my way. Uh-huh. And let's do what I gotta say. Dirty I know that song. Better tell somebody. Cause I really love somebody. somebody. Tell me that I love somebody. Girl. Boom. I used to do, I used to sing the whole song. I knew all the words by heart. I would sing and recreate Aaliyah's dance on stage. I would just right. do, and it was it would only come out if I was bombing, and it would <laughs> it would it would I would go. What do you guys want me to sing? 
and I and it was the song was popular, and I go, girl, boy, I've been watching you like a hawk. And then I'd start slowly, and then I'd get into like the knee slides on the stage. Oh, right, right. I mean, I was so into it, and it would murder. And then I thought, the one thing I can tell is the second I saw, I started doing that. Guys in the back that I respected were rolling their eyes, like the <laughs> trees. Norton, everyone just right, oh, right, and I was like, I was like, and then, and then, what I would do is I would just open with that, and I was like, oh, this is a cheat code hardcore. I need to be able to tell stories. Like, yeah. I want to, I want to be able to tell a story. It wasn't until I did like a storytelling show with DC Benny and, and uh, in in Soho that I realized, like, I kind of started to find my voice of like, yeah, of like, of like, of like, who? This sounds so fucking cheesy and campy. But like, I always think that where you're from kind of defines your sense of humor. You know, yeah. it's like you go to, like you look at Sebastian Maniscalco. He reeks of Chicago <laughs> personality. You know, right. like yeah, of yeah, the yeah. like everyone in Chicago that kind of busts your balls and he's like, dude, I don't take fucking naps, okay? I'm right. a fucking man, like that kind of shit. I don't you, wear flip flops. Yeah, like yeah, like he's <laughs> he's Chicago, and I always yeah. felt like. I, there was a hint of me that was like part Cuban, old Cuban man, like ball busty and part sa- South of like yeah. this, you know, like a like Florida, straight up Florida, like cold beer, flip flops, no shirt, bathing suit, telling right. a story on a dock. Everyone's laughing. And then you're like, fuck it, play the guitar, dance, yeah. like, oh, like spring break energy. I felt like that's who I was. Yeah. Yeah, I, and and so it, it took you a minute to get that to get to that on stage. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, you were, I was like, and then and then when I, when I found it, I didn't trust it because I was like, well, I know what works is what works is fun party boy energy, like Nick yeah. Swartz and Dane Cook. This like, oh right, funny. Wouldn't it be funny if you walked into a bank and you started putting on gloves and you're like, uh, I would leave right now. You know, like <laughs> like that kind of energy. Yeah, and it, I I don't know if it wasn't me or if it was me. I just didn't think it was like. Do do I, you still play the guitar? Yeah, but I, I man, Not I haven't on stage. No. Well, see, let me ask you this because you know, like I said, I would start off dancing. I, I was called the Hickory Dance Machine, and then I remember uh, I was doing a NACA event, like a showcase for NACA. You know, all the colleges or whatever, and I was twenty nine thirty. And all these kids were 17, 18. And I was up there dancing my ass off. And it looked weird to them to see this older guy like dancing like a kid to try and make them laugh. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, maybe, maybe I'm too old to be doing this act. Maybe I gotta figure something else out. And then I started doing the stories, you know, my dad's stories. And then that it switched for me to turn into more of a story-oriented guy. I mean, I had to set up punches and certain things, and those were okay. But what the people said they liked the most was the stories about dad and this and that. And I just felt weird dancing. I'm 48 now. To imagine me trying to do that now in front of a college kid. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be funny to somebody, but also sad, like your friends in the back of the room who were rolling their eyes when you were doing the uh, Aaliyah thing. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah, you don't want to be... Like, you know, it's so funny. Segura always makes fun of me because I take my shirt off. And he goes, you know, one day you're going to be like 57 on stage with your shirt off. And I was like, I guess, I don't know. Like I, 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 I never thought that far ahead of it. And I definitely know that I'm more comfortable with my shirt off. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with a 
tank top on. Yeah. And this is, and this is like, but it, it's so funny is that you just, there we go. Let's just do it, man. There we go. Let's be comfortable. Yeah. But it's like, I'm so much more comfortable with the shirt off. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) But it's, it's funny is that you don't want to be, I, you know, I, I think there's a way it's like, look, there are people that probably would roll their eyes at Ron white drinking still at, fucking 56 or whatever yeah. you know yeah, uh, yeah there are sure. people that are going to roll their eyes at, at rogan smoking weed at 52 you know right, right. They, they, there are adults who look at our behavior the way we live our life is like crazy and then there's and then there's adults that i think that go either a i don't burn i don't analyze life that fucking much right 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 <laughs> or they just go like fuck it. I wish I could just take my shirt off whenever I wanted. You know, I wish I could. I know there's a lot of people that every sometimes that'll come to my shows and go backstage, rip their shirt off and be like, I have such an issue with taking my shirt off. You have no idea. And, and they'll be like massively obese. And they're like, I just had to take my shirt off you. And you're like, fuck yeah. And I'm so jealous that you have that because I mean, I've just over the course of being a stand up as long as you have, at some point you're going to take your shirt off on stage. Especially <laughs> yeah. if you at the comedy store, Bobby Lee's done it. I've done it. But many people have taken their shirt off, but, but it's yours now. And I'm so <laughs> jealous because it's so, I know it's comfortable and I, I, I get hot really easy, especially if Me it's a winter. I want to look nice and I have a nice shirt on. Maybe it's New Year's Eve and I try to dress up. I'm like, I know I'm going to hate this about 30 minutes in. And I wish I could just take my shirt off. Dude, you know? it's so funny. I one time I was at the ice house and one of the waiters comes into the green room. He's like, Bert, someone's on stage doing your act. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm thinking, like, what what of my bits is it? And I run on stage. And it's just some fat Mexican dude with his shirt off. And I went, <laughs> I go, it's not my act. It's okay. Not, he just, he just doesn't have a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. He's not have a shirt on. It's funny. Oh, um, Ari does. Gonna, no, go ahead. Say uh, you say. No, it wasn't him doing a Russia story. It was just him with his shirt off. Yeah, exactly. I was like, and by the way, I've had that. I've had people going, I've had people go, Hey man, he's telling you a joke. And I, and you, and you're like, I, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. I, I guess whatever. I feel like, I feel like sometimes I feel like the best repercussion is simply allow them to continue bad behavior and see how far they get. And at some point, everybody else will correct them and you won't have to do anything and you won't look like a bad guy. You won't look like a bully. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, the audience uh, society will set them straight. I, I agree. I've had people do it too. Um, you know, similar jokes and it's not even like, you know, uh, it's a premise. It's not word for word, but the, uh, you know, people on Facebook, they love to go, well, this dude's doing your act, man. He said these three words in a row. I'm yeah. like, well, that's not my act. That's, you know, that's just a premise. It's okay. And, um, I, it doesn't bother me. I never, I never go out and go like, Hey dude, what the fuck? You can't be yeah. doing that. I just let uh, it, time will correct itself. If, if I'm known for it, then I'm going to win. And there's, and there, I think there's also like, I know for a fact, I remember one time on, I forgot, I wish I could remember what rate television show it was. I told a joke verbatim. That was a Louis CK joke, like <laughs> verbatim. And I thought I came up with it on the fly. I mean, I really honestly, oh, shit. That's God, fucking bless, God bless cool fans. Some guy reached out and he goes, Hey man, I've, and this is one of those things of like, let them correct themselves. He goes, hey, I've, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I'm a fan of all you guys. I've never seen you steal a joke, but you just told a Louis C.K. joke 
verbatim. Oh, he's shit. like just giving you a heads up, not calling you out, just giving you a heads up. And I went, oh yeah, oh I. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I went, yeah, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> me. And then I was like, I replied, I was like, thank you very much, man. I go do what you got to do. If you got to call me out, I'll admit it. I don't. I didn't mean to, but you just are. You're in the moment, and you're improving, and then all of a sudden you get a bit, and it and and it and it happens. It. I mean, it happens to us so many times where it's not theft where you go god Off damn it stage. That, came out, that came out quick like god, uh, did i come up with that that's fucking amazing yes and, that's one case of it but also like if it's a funny story or a joke and you want to tell your friends off stage and you tell that story that's a different scenario so i could see like if, you're, if both those things are playing out in the heat of the moment did yeah. louis did louis ck ever find out about that no i don't think so i don't think he <laughs> i don't really don't think he'd give a fuck he put it on a special it was like how how short-minded would it have to be to try to rip off a bit he had put on a special oh, so like right. i was just improving in the moment and I, and i was and, and and like i said so many times you'll improv a joke on stage and go god damn it and it will be yours you'll come up with it in the moment and you and you'll say to yourself how the fuck did i come up with that and you're mm -hmm. just like that's comedy. That's how comedy works sometimes. Right. That that sometimes it happens and you're like, oh, that's not comedy. That's me going into my brain looking for something to say. And my brain's like, you know what we've heard before? <laughs> right. Say this now. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. It, the premise was, um, it was so good. The guy was, he was talking about, the guy was talking about uh, something about politics, about how everyone hates each other. And he said something to the effect of, do you remember how, how close we are as a, were as a country after 9-11? And I went, mm -hmm. yeah. And my brain's like, I missed that. And then I was like, real quick, I was like, they should release a tiger in the country, like, like 20 tigers. And then just be like, <laughs> and then that way, no one's ever thinking about you cut me off in traffic. Everyone's like, hey, man, have you seen the tigers? Like, there's, <laughs> right. there's a threat. And, and I was like, that's a good bit. I'm going to fucking work on that. And then. Sure enough, man, that's a Louis C.K. bit. <laughs> man, that sucks because it, it, one, uh, you're trying to give yourself the benefit of the doubt because, uh, look, I'm a comedian. I've been doing this a while. My brain, it, it's developed to work this quick. Maybe I'm that good now. But you're right. Maybe it's I'm other that part. fucking good. God damn it. Well, I, I've had the same. Look, I was in a hotel room one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to iron my pants today. I'm feeling nice. I opened up the ironing board. It made this god-awful god noise. Yeah! like all ironing boards make when you open it and i go why 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 does that happen i gotta write a bit about this and i start writing this bit i'm thinking oh this is gonna be my new thing i'm gonna be the ironing board guy yeah and i go i go nope someone's had to have talked about this and i just yeah. typed in ironing board joke comedian and hit search and sure enough brian regan did it like 30 years ago uh -huh. And it's one of the funniest bits I've ever seen in my life. He he did it way better than what I was going to do with it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm like God Almighty. Um, but that shit happens, man. But thank God with the internet now, you can sort of like at least go, all right, let's just see if it's already popular, unbeknownst to me, um, you know, or vice versa. But I've had comedians ask me, well, what do you do about that? I mean, how can you tell? all the jokes that have been told before, you know, how do you know if someone's already done it? I go, look, just go up there. If it's your idea, go for it. And, you know, at some point you'll get corrected. If it's, if it's actually word for word, somebody else's joke, it, it, you won't be doing that joke much longer. You know, I, I mean? did. I, I'll run it by like, I see, I say I'll run it by, I've, I've, 
I've run it by a tell before. I think I usually like a tells good sounding board. He doesn't, but like that sometimes I'll be like, I'm like, listen, I'll get called out. If it's like, if it's a, I also, I got to a place where I stopped writing jokes that I thought other people could tell. Like I just wanted to write jokes that I, that only I could tell, which is problematic. And I've had people tell me that that's stupid, but like, I, I wanted to make my act so intrinsically mine meaning like everything was so from my point of view, meaning it was a story of how I did it that even if I have somewhat of a hacky bit that's been treaded on before, it's still in the vein of, of this is, this is a story that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I I feel like that kind of got me out of like, I had this joke about um, buying my wife seven pairs of pajamas for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I just was like, I don't, I don't have to worry about anyone telling that story because it's, 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 right. it's too you specific know? to you. And I mean, no one, it's not like an event that happened in the world and every comedian runs to their computer, right? It's a joke about it. This is some yeah. shit that happened to you. Yeah. yeah. And and now I, now I go like, now I'm just going like, uh, like, I, like I'll, 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 today I wrote a stupid joke someone asked me, my daughter asked me what time it was. I've been watching the last dance a lot. Oh yeah. I just finished it. I did too. My daughter asked me what time it is. And I said, game time. And just walked out of the room. <laughs> I was like, sorry girls. I'm watching the last dance. But then I write yeah. that down and I go, we'll find a place for that. Like we'll find right. a, little, a quick short one. We'll find a place for it. But, but I, yeah. I, for the most part, I try to stay away from like anything's too set up punchy. Cause you get stuck in this fucking place where like anyone could write it. I had a period of time where I, I wrote a joke. Um, uh, I wish I was a magician. So that way when a cop pulled it, pulled me over and he's like, do you have any marijuana in this car? I can go, you'll find no marijuana in this car. Like, and mm-hmm. it's just like, as a matter of fact, marijuana is behind your ear. You know? <laughs> and so, and so, and then immediately someone told an almost identical premise mm-hmm. and you're like, of course, magicians are super funny. Like it's a, it's a well-treaded over premise as magicians. Yeah. Um, because it's a ridiculous occupation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I... Amazing. It's can amazing. I tell you something, It's Bert? amazing, John, that we have an occupation such as magician where we know it's not real. We know yeah. it's not real, but we're like... <laughs> yeah, we're so happy. Like, okay, I got two, two for you. You talked about going to the Rite Aid the other day. Um I don't know if yours if they do this in LA, maybe it's a southern thing, but there's a Walgreens real close to my house. And yeah. every time you walk into this Walgreens, maybe it's a policy. They have to say, Welcome to Walgreens. And over time, that's that got on my nerves because I'm like, Well, what if I what if I don't want everyone knowing I'm in Walgreens? What if I'm here to get something embarrassing? <laughs> you know, maybe I don't look great right now. I don't want you causing attention. Welcome to Walgreens. There he is. Get him. You know, I don't want that to happen. So I got, I got tired of that. And on my podcast, we did this thing. We, we, uh, we got, we did like a flash mob and I invited everybody that was following me on my Facebook, come to Walgreens at three o'clock on Saturday. We're going to form a line and we're going to see if this lady welcomes every one of us right in a row and there was like 30 people and she did like 27 i mean it was good it was like welcome to walgreens a southern accent welcome to walgreens <laughs> welcome to walgreens welcome to walgreens over the the, the door got stuck the sliding yeah. door got stuck and so 
that's that that got on my nerves. We made it a thing on our podcast. Um, but the uh, God, I, was, I forgot my point about the magician. Oh, okay. So this lady who worked at the pharmacy, I was uh, getting some uh, some med- medicine or whatever, and she goes. Uh, another guy goes, "Hey, she, they're snickering, right? Because they know it's me. They're like, oh, it's John Reaps here." And one of them goes, uh, "Hey, she wants to know if you can uh, get her tickets to Jeff Dunham." And I'm like, "Oh, is he playing around here?" He goes, "I don't, I don't, I don't know." So I didn't get the joke, um, but I'm thinking, "Wait a minute, is that like a slam on me? Are you saying like I don't want tickets for you? I want to see tickets to Jeff Dunham?" So it always stuck in my craw. So now every time I see this lady at the pharmacy, I go, "You know, it's really him talking, right? Not the puppet." Like it. I, I I want her to know that I think if <laughs> no offense to Jeff Dunham, but if that's your if that's your favorite, you know that's. Uh, do you believe in the Easter Bunny? I mean, you gotta. I don't know. I can't get into the ventriloquism. I know when I watch magic that it ain't real. I know he's he's tricking us. All I'm doing right now is writing a joke. I'm trying to write. Think of a tweet to write about <laughs> Segura going like, "Whoo!" Just got off the phone with Segura. Pro wrestlers, if you're upset, wait till the magicians hear what he has to say about them. <laughs> it is right. so funny that like that I I'm I can't stop giggling about the idea that someone has has the audacity to say, "Do you want to see a magic trick?" And you're mm-hmm. like, and you and you go, "It's not magic, right?" But it is. But it is. But it is. But yeah. But they're saying it the is, word like, trick now. If they said, "Would you like to see magic?" Oh yeah, I wonder if they. I wonder if when you're a magician, if you have to say, "Would you like to see some magic?" Right. Because ma- if you say magic, trick, it's a magic. It's kind of like a broad stroke for us now, because we know it's not really magic, but we know that it's sleight of hand. Yeah. 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 I wonder if there are guys that get stuck on sleight of hand. They go, "I'm a really great. I'm a because there are guys that are the best up close sleight of hand guys. Right. Right. Well, I think that's cool skill. Yeah. I think it's neat. But if you if you if you're the kind of person who goes. Well, yeah, like he, he, it's black magic. Like he, that's voodoo shit. Like he really made that happen. I'm like, oh God, I, I, I don't, uh, it's those people that I don't, that I don't like. <laughs> I saw twins today on, uh, the movie on, no, on, uh, on Instagram. And they are, one of them's doing, uh, a plant-based diet. One of them's doing a meat-based diet and they did it for like, a month or maybe like longer and now they've they're t- posting pictures of the results and all i thought were the fucking scalar brothers have to feel like such assholes right now they could have <laughs> been doing this their whole fucking career oh yeah like one of us is just gonna eat mcdonald's and the other one isn't take a look what randy looks like <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a correct me if i'm wrong but i think there was uh, that experiment happened with twins in nasa they sent a twin to this uh, space station and the other twins stayed at home. And then when he came back, they wanted to contrast and compare. Um, I mean, how are, how are we not um, almost like catching all the twins and then experimenting <laughs> on them? Like they're the perfect. What are we fucking doing these COVID body tests? We need to be testing on everything on twins. You're exactly right. Yes. Twins need to take one for the team and go get this COVID thing figured out. Exactly. Or, or better yet. They need to all join the army and double up. Like, I mean, we could be using so many double agents, twins. 
Twins are freaks of nature. They should be volunteering their services as Americans. I agree 100%. Would you like to have a twin? How do you think your life would be don't, different if you had a twin? Don't even, I'm writing this down right now. That is the greatest question anyone's ever asked me <laughs> in my entire life. What if there was another dude who looked exactly like you and thought exactly like you? I can't imagine what it's like to be a twin. I've got a younger brother who's a year and a half younger than me, and we're not even alike. I mean, we're we're not alike very much at all. I mean, it's we're worlds apart. He's a CrossFit guy, and he's you know he's a structural engineer. But I couldn't imagine if there was another one of me. I would I would I would pay. I would pay half of my salary that I make every year. Uh-huh. If you could genetically give me a twin, I'm talking twin, twin, like fuck my wife and she can't tell you twin. Right. Like I'm talking, I would probably give more than half my salary to have a twin. I would, would love. Be so dangerous if you had a twin, the, the shenanigans that you would pull. Oh my God. I'm, because of just the way your brain works and you like to prank and have a good time and that kind of shit. Like I couldn't imagine I mean, you would you would make that money back if you spent half your fortune in a twin. You would make that money back in less than a year with the shit oh, that you would do. Oh, oh my God, we would work so efficiently. <laughs> I, I can't, right, I, one guy six months on, six months off, dude. I would be murdering it, murdering it. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I guess you automatically go to those movies like um, like Duplicity or the one they right. just did with. Um, with uh, with Paul Rudd called Living With Myself. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I know about it and I want to see it. But It's fucking yeah. really good. It's okay. really good. But like, dude, I mean, and then you think like, God, I made a joke about the Scalar Brothers. Now I'm being serious. How right. much would I murder if I, had a, if I had a, did you hear that? Is that an earthquake? No, it was a fucking horn in our backyard. It's the Scalar Brothers. <laughs> They're listening, dude. I wonder if I would be funnier with a twin or less funny with a twin. Like, I wonder how hard it is to work with another person as opposed right. to, I've got, like, because I don't like, I barely listen to begin with, let alone if I'd have to listen to me, like another right. me. I think if the Scalar, what if the Scalar Brothers had never done comedy together? What if they were, one guy just went up there. They had the exact same act and they just, and it got really big just as Scalar, you know, yeah. and, and, and then they could just take turns doing the same, like the, like the, uh, Oh God, the watermelon guy, like fucking Gallagher. Gallagher, Gallagher had it. Gallagher had Gallagher too. For everyone yeah. that doesn't know, tell them what happened. So Gallagher, the guy who smashed watermelons, very famous comedian, had many specials. Um, decided to quit doing the road for whatever reason. And his little brother who looks exactly like him, but a little younger said, cool. Well, I'll buy your act from you. And he goes, okay, here, let's, let's make a deal. And so the little brother went out as Gallagher. He said Gallagher too, but he went out there as Gallagher. People would come to the show and not know that it's not the original Gallagher. Cause they look exactly alike. The act was exactly the same. And then over time, the, the original Gallagher got mad and wanted his act back. And the younger brother decided not to sell it. And the younger brother won in court. They went to court over that shit. Gallagher 2. I want to see what he looks like. Gallagher 2 looked like Gallagher from like I mean, the 80s. he looked exactly like Gallagher. Yes. But had they got along and decided to just go ahead and share the profits of this, like if the Scalar brothers did it, if they started out, 
as just one comedian. They can have the best career, the best life. You know, like, look, I'll work a year. You work a year. That's, I mean, that would be, I, I would, I would have so, I, first of all, I'd have so much fun. You know how great it would be to just had, had someone in your life to just go, Hey, do you remember when we did this, this, or this? And you'd be like, no, I forgot about that. He's like, Oh dude, we got to talk about that on stage. Just have like the, another set of eyes on everything you've done Yeah, to be like, you got to talk about this. But then you think like, I wonder if the Scalar brothers, I wonder if there's twins running the business like the Scalar brothers or the Bryan brothers. The Bryan brothers were tennis players who just did doubles. Right. Okay. Like, I wonder if there's anyone in business who like, no, we're twins. We want, we're going to get the same pay. We'll split it, but we're going to do twice the job as you. Because <laughs> right. like the Scar Brothers get this. I think, I'm, I'm, I can't remember if this is a joke or not. Oh, no, this, this is a joke. We were on a chat thread and someone said, and someone, it was a long story. Someone, someone at the improv sent out a mass email about avails and forgot that we were all CC'd on it. And so everyone started replying. And someone said, and the Scalar Brothers replied, and someone wrote, hey, uh, Randy and Jason, when you guys do it, get a spot at the Improv, do you have to split the money? And they wrote back, yeah, we get half, just like Brad Williams. And then you're like, <laughs> then you're like, how great would it be to have a brother that you could just run a joke by, and then you guys can punch it up? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's like, I wonder if there's other parts of business where they're like, twins. Hey, you know, you know that movie, Twins, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Um, yeah, Danny DeVito. I've been hearing for years they're going to make another one, and it's going to be Eddie Murphy. I heard like, that too. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I think no, I but love- I think I don't know if it'll be great. But I'll tell you what. Well, it's great. Watch it. The fact that we are attached to our childhood that much that yeah. we both go, oh yeah, I fucking love that. Like <laughs> anything tethered. Like, you know, they're making a Goonies remake. We'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know about that one. I tried to watch Goonies again recently, and it's weird. It's so different as an adult. As a kid, I thought that was one of the best movies ever. And it is good. There are great performances in it. But it's just a weird story. It's it's, it's insane. a weird story about a bunch kids. of kids losing their whole fucking neighborhood. Yeah. And then going underground and... Oh yeah, by the way, there's a lot of holes in that plot now. Like now you look at it and you're like, well, plumbing's not technically done like that. You can't just (laughs) shake the plumbing and then (laughs) all the plumbing in the whole city. Like if that's the case, then that city does need to be torn down and turned into a parking lot. If you can (laughs) shake one fucking thing and all of a sudden the the water fountain drops and the toilet shoots you through the roof, yeah, Yeah. man, you need a new fucking city. Your city sucks. (laughs) And by the way, there's a fucking huge fucking cave on the corner like <laughs> right yeah hey i want to show you something real quick bert yeah um because we talk you know how we ha- we have a similar you're the machine but i also went to russia we talked oh, that's about right it. yeah 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 remember this month is pride month and it's critical that we take a moment to recognize and remember the intersectionality between pride and the racial injustices that we continue to endure every day this month through their MeUndies Gives initiative, MeUndies continues to take action to achieve their mission to create a more thoughtful and accepting world by making $50,000 worth of donations to both the Get It, It Gets Better project and Black Lives Matters. They, like MeUndies, are committing to standing up against hate and intolerance and creating a world where hope outshines fear for all people. 
with MeUndies Gives, simply by shopping at MeUndies, you help support this cause. I absolutely love MeUndies. I sincerely do. They are this softest underwear. And I'm not an underwear guy. I never wear underwear. I do wear underwear when I work out. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes I just lose the shorts and I just work out with MeUndies. MeUndies has this brilliant thing called a MeUndies membership, an undies membership, where every month the softest undies ever appear at your door. The convenience of this factor is clutch. You never have to leave the house and you never leave the house to get underwear. It's awesome. Oh, and you also get site-wide savings, early access, and free shipping. It is a pure joy. MeUndies are made from microbial, micromobile, micromobile, microbial, microbial. It's an irresistibly soft, sustainable fabric that encases your nether regions in cloud-like comfort. It's magically made from trees. Another reason to give them a hug. MeUndies offered in this various range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. And they have great offers for my listeners. Any first-time purchaser, you get 15% off plus free shipping. You got to give this softness a try. It is so soft, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guaranteed. To get 15% off your order plus free shipping plus 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash BERT. That's MeUndies.com slash Bert. These are some of the things I got from Russia. I got these stackable dolls right here. Oh, I have those. Yeah. You have the nesting dolls, right? Yep. This is from Russia. Okay. I got this chess set from Russia. This is from 1990 when I was there. And, and I just found this because I just moved back home. I went to my old shit. I found letters, man. Letters that I wrote these girls. Oh, I remember that 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 envelope was like, oh, I got friends in big places. Look at that. Oh, look at their handwriting. Their handwriting yeah. is fucking beautiful. Right. That's now, one of the that's one of their things they say about Russian people is that they have the most beautiful handwriting in the world. They this girl Natalie does, and she wrote me like five or six times, and I've not read these in over well, what was 1990? I mean, it's 2020 oh, now. Shit. I Dear Jonathan, she called me Jonathan. Yeah, and I, this is from 1991, November 1st. I'm going to read these on my podcast, and I'm going to answer them. I've still got the address. I don't know what's going to happen, alive? but I'm going to reply to this girl. Is she alive? I don't know. I have let's no idea. Let's find out. Let's find. What's her name? Okay, her name is Natalie. I'm going to spell the last name because I'm not sure how it's pronounced. M I could be a K or H. E-E-V-A. E-E-V-A. So it'd be McKeeva. McKeeva. Natalie McKeeva. This is in Moscow. She's in Moscow. Uh, Kirchenskaya Street, something Moscow. Yeah. I got the address okay. right here. I'll, 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 write, I'll type it up and put it online. We'll find her. Here, hold it up to the camera one more time and say something so that the camera's on you. Let's see it. All right, right here. Natalie, if you're out there, this is John Reap. I met you in Russia in 1990. It's been a minute. Hope you're been alive. A minute. <laughs> that's a great name. By the way, that's a great name for a podcast. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> that's fucking great. They should do a podcast with all old pen pals called It's Been a Minute. And you right. take people who had pen pals that can right. still find them and then get them to tethered back and forth and catch up. Where are you going? With who? Wow. 
Just you and Maria? Okay. All right. I love you. Well, I wonder what the odds are of this person responding to me. I'm going to read these on my on my podcast, and then uh, we'll see if uh, if we can find this girl. Dude, that's fucking great. Listen, if anyone's listening, please let's. I want to. I want to listen to that podcast too. Natalie Makiva. Makiva or Makia? Yeah, probably Makiva. No, uh, yeah, Makiva. Yeah. And so, anyone that's living in Russia or knows how to find a person in Russia, let's see if we can find her and get her to Skype in with with zoom in with john that would be fucking great this is insane i hope she's out there wow what if she's like what's she's got to be what 40 yeah i'm 48 she's got to be around that around my age i mean we all you know when we were there it was this program called people to people it was a and we all just hung out with people our own age it was like a world peace thing founded by dwight d eisenhower in the 40s but so cool um, that's that's what it was and so let me see if I can. Yeah. Have you Googled her? No, no. I literally right before we went on about 10 minutes before because the Internet was not working at the studio. On, Georgia, Georgia, you have a mask. OK, socially distant mask. Don't fuck around. OK, be safe. Be safe. I love you. <laughs> Sorry, Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Ma. M-I-K-E-E-V-A. In Moscow. Uh, I'm just. Oh, I hope she's fucking alive. Oh what my if she's god! Like, what if she's like high up in the government and she like? How do I? How do I click share screen? Where? 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 On the bottom. Let's see. Here. Oh, share oh, screen. I see it. Okay. Go ahead, Bert. Uh, here we go. Are you gonna? Oh. Okay, are you, are you Hold on, this might be a really fucking bad idea. <laughs> Hold on a second. Austin, can you make sure that it's not on here when I open Go ahead it? Get rid of that Pornhub tab. Um. Okay. Here we go. I'll uh, say no. Uh, I can't. I can't share screen. I, it'll fuck up the recording. But by the way, John, she is fucking. If she is, she's fucking smoking. There's a lot of hot Natalie McKeevas. Oh, Natalie McKeeva. Yeah. I'm gonna do Natalie McKeeva. Moscow. Can you search by age? Uh, I don't know how to do that. Let's see. That would be interesting. By the way, she probably her. I bet her family still lives in the same. Wait, let me house. let me open one of these letters and see if there's any clues in here. Let's see here. I'm right next to my the Kremlin, where my oh, where look, I play basketball every day. Re- listen, to this. I watch very many American films. I like American films. For example, Santa Barbara, The Love Boat, RoboCop, Double Impact. Who is your favorite film star? <laughs> Look. Hold on, John. John, you just have to, if you get her on the podcast, you have to answer these questions to her. Be like, so I just wanted to get back to you and go, I really like Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie. I love Yakov Smirnoff. Be, so wait, so wait, when's this when's this podcast gonna go? We uh we were supposed to record one today, but power went out because we had thunderstorms. We're gonna record it tomorrow. And it'll come out Friday. It'll come out Friday? Well, yeah. Okay, so this will already I don't or know. I can what, wait. I can I can hold off if you want me to. Uh well, yeah, wait, wait, and so that I can see if we can get people to listen to my podcast that know anything about finding a person. Okay. Find her. Cause that would be cool. Or 
just do yours and then people will hear that they'll hear your podcast but you got i would love it if you could find her and do a podcast with her yeah so if you those of you listening the only thing i'd love more than that is her friend right now going natalie i am big fan of machine and john (laughs) reef hey you need to see this video check this out and she's like who are these two shirtless guys talking about me (laughs) i don't know either i i went i remember a young Boy. <laughs> right. Oh, dude. So, yeah. So people listening to your podcast, my podcast is country-ish, country-ish podcast. Um, you can go to countryishpodcast.com, find it. We're going to, I'll hold off for you, Bert, and then you let me know when you want me to talk about this and we will. No, 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 no. Po- post it so that people can go straight from here and do your, po- post your podcast this Friday and then people will go straight from here and then go hear that podcast. Okay. That'll Look at crazy. this. She used two different, three different color ink. This is blue ink. She switched to red. And down down here, she switched to green at the bottom. She has such great handwriting. Yeah, I bet she's hot. I have no idea. I have no memory of this girl. I don't know what she looks like. I I, I hate to burst your bubble, but chicks that have (laughs) lived in Russia 46 years, 47 years. Yeah. I can't imagine. No. I I think it's like you ever watch, you ever watch My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding? (laughs) yeah man those gypsies (laughs) those gypsies turn like milk like they get after fucking they're good they're good they're good and then all of a sudden they're like it's a nosedive dark uh, like lines (laughs) under their eyes missing teeth there's only one fucking hot gypsy mom out there her name is god what's her name i just googled her last night she's a fucking I mean, a dime. I was going to get her on my podcast. My daughters are obsessed with her. Oh, really? Yeah, she's one of the real gypsy sisters. Um, From that show? Yeah. Her name is Nettie Stanley. Okay. Nettie Stanley is a gypsy, uh, a gypsy 12 and like a gorger 10. Gorger is what they call us, us just people that don't repair driveways and do whatever. Oh, interesting. Gorger. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my daughters are so into my big fat gypsy wedding, like that they already want the woman who does all the dresses to do their prom dresses. I mean, they're like obsessed, obsessed with this show. And last night they're like, dad, can you get Nettie Stanley on? And I was like, what? They're like, see if you can get Nettie Stanley on the podcast. They're like, dad, she's a fucking wild woman. Trust me. She'll talk shit. She'll slam people. She didn't give a fuck dad. You got to get her on the podcast. I wonder if I've seen that episode because there's I I haven't watched a lot of them but I do remember one. Did she crash the wedding like she wasn't invited or they didn't crash. make it? She first of all she got like nine fucking kids and her mom was in prison and she her mom was in prison and she had to raise all her mom's kids yeah. and so she's I maybe got eighteen kids that she takes care of and they have weddings every other fucking month. I mean <laughs> there's a wedding they're all they do is get married that's it and and. And it's so fucking this woman. I've seen her personally at like nine weddings. She's and so, and she goes to weddings. This last one, Nuki, uh, Nuki, her daughter, Nuki was marrying Tuki, I think. And she was like her and her daughters were in the car driving there to fight because Nuki has had Tuki's sister be the (laughs) bridesmaid. And my sisters are like, dad, all she does is fight at fucking weddings, but she's fucking hot. Google, uh, Google Nettie Stanley. She is legit hot. I am writing that down. Nettie, N-E-T-T-I-E Stanley. I can't find her Instagram. These gypsies are horrible with social media. I think they're. I love. That's what one of the things I love about 
doing podcasts is like you want you get to watch something really cool and interesting then you talk about it then you kind of like let's see if i can get him on the show dude it's my dude i'm telling you i would i would love i would love to do a straight up gypsy zoom with like <laughs> all my favorite gypsies and have them on and they're all they're all romney shell gypsies those are my favorite easily uh-huh. <laughs> and uh and I mean, we know we know so much about this goddamn gypsy culture because my daughters are obsessed with it. Obsessed. Yeah. What are you watching other than that? Um, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I've, I've been watching The Last Dance. I've Last been Dance. That. that was so great. much fun to watch. I'm, I I have a question for you. Um, I yeah, it's great. I mean, because we're at the age we remember when that shit happened. I remember all that. Uh, but there's a lot I didn't know. Um. Well, I didn't know a lot about the general manager. I didn't know that that guy was. Um, I, I felt bad for him because they picked on him a lot, and uh, they tortured that guy. Hey, uh, let me tell you something. Anyone, anyone who is, I, I guarantee you, there's a lot of short men out there that are like, yeah, that's what it was like going to a fucking public school. They tortured that fucking guy. Oh man, and he had all the money in the world. He had all the power in the world. He got all the fucking say in what their lives are going to be like. And they made his life a living fucking hell. And he he didn't do any good, man. He fucking he. I guess you know they. Scotty Pippen at the very end said, you know, thank God because he was one of the greatest general managers yeah. that's ever lived. But man, they treated him with no respect. I was surprised to hear Scotty say that at the very end. I think that was episode nine or ten. At the very end, he finally said something nice about him. But in the first three four episodes, they're just dogging this guy. Um, and you end up hating him because you feel like he yeah. destroyed a dynasty. You're like, you know, like they were, they they could have done seven, and and then you go, except for this fucking Jerry Krause motherfucker. You know his <laughs> family, dude. You look at that documentary. It's it's so fucking shitty because I loved it and it was so much fun to watch. And I go, yeah, of course, Michael Jordan was the greatest. But you look at it and you're like, man, Isaiah Thomas comes out like a fucking piece of shit in it. Yeah, Jerry Krause comes out like a piece of shit in it. No one ever told uh, told Phil Jackson he should put a little product in his hair. <laughs> and you're like, think, think about that. Oh, dude, the whole time, every time you look at his hair, you're like, you have a full head of hair, but it looks stupid. Like, yeah, Jordan didn't look that great either. I mean, what's going on with his eyeballs, man? That's all anyone's saying is that he's got the he's got liver problems. You think that's what it is, he, man? I would I I look up to that guy so much just on the fact that the day before. The like game two, they're like, Michael, what did you do today? He goes, woke up, had a couple beers, smoked a cigar, played the piano, came over here. Yeah, I remember that. There are guys like that. I'm not this guy. As much as people may think I'm this guy, I I cannot and will never be able to have a couple beers in the afternoon and then go play a fucking playoff game. It, never in my life. I'm too much of a control freak where I want to make sure that I am healthy. I can mm-hmm. bust my ass. I. For whatever reason, I need to be crisp and clear yeah. to play a sport. That's that is a um, a serious athlete can only drink a beer, smoke a cigar, have the flu, maybe poison, win games all at once. When I uh, even the nights I know I'm going to go work out, there's I'm trying to do be as straight laced as I can. I can't mix the two worlds. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't have a beer and run on the treadmill. No, I can't do any of that shit. Well, t- well I take that back. Let me I'll afterwards. That. I can. I can. No, I can. What I can do is I can work out 
and then open a box of wine or open a bottle of wine and and walk on the treadmill and drink a glass of wine and watch TV. I can do that, but I can't do a legit workout drinking. Like I really can't just. It it doesn't work that way in my brain. Although if it's like a daytime drinking and you're outdoors playing volleyball or something like that, you know, a pickup game when you were younger, but like there, the the idea of having a couple of beers and then going to the gym, that will never happen at at this Um, age. you know what they were saying though, and this is I was trying to fucking live this in my head. Like I was like, I want to be more like Jordan in this. They were like, he never looked at failure as an option. He just looked at success. So if you figure I'm just gonna win tonight, why wouldn't you live the life you want to live and have a couple beers and smoke a cigar, play the piano? If you knew that you were gonna win everything, wouldn't you just live every day like a fucking yeah. like it's a party? Yeah. Uh, well, he's that that's a testament to how grave an athlete he is that he could even he could do that without even thinking that like well if i have a couple of beers and a cigar i might get winded too soon <laughs> like yeah and then and then you think why would you have a couple beers like why would you and 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 now i couldn't i couldn't tell if he was fucking around or not but like, i think the piano would, thing he was fucking around because no, my he, had dad, a, he had a piano in his room i think he's just lied about that i yeah. think i think that was him joking because my dad all the time when I was growing up, I'd say, what are you doing? He goes, oh, just practicing piano. That's something he said his whole life. Yeah. And I think Jordan just said that. And the guy goes, oh, you went to the lobby bar? And Jordan was like, no, I got one in my room because I'm Michael Jordan. I can have one in my room. I think that was just more of a... And by the way, he did have one in his room. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. At, oh, no, no. At the very end of the season, at the very end of the show, they show him sitting at the piano and inter- doing an interview. Okay. He had right. legit, but he couldn't. He definitely couldn't play piano. He tried to do it at that one point. But it's so okay. interesting because I, I really honestly, I remember one time I was, um, I was, I was not, maybe I was not drinking at all. And I had a couple of near beers at a bar yeah. with some friends and we had wings and I had a couple of near beers and I went to the gym and I couldn't work out at the gym knowing I had near beers. I felt <laughs> tired and sluggish. Yeah. It's a, it must be a mental thing. Cause I, I, I think the same way, if I'm going to crack a beer, and someone goes, oh, shoot, uh, you want to go to the gym real quick? I'm like, nope. No. Nope. Crack the beer, dude. That, that part's over for today. That's the way I look at drinking. The second I open a beer, I go, the day's over, guys. We're wrapped. Yeah. I'm that way with phone calls. If I'm at home and it's like, you know, I know that I've, I've, I've put some calls out there and I'm expecting some phone calls back and it hasn't happened yet, but it's too late. I'm already in the recliner. I've already got a drink in my hand. And they call. I'm like, talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Unless yeah. it's an emergency. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. I don't have the time. <laughs> no, I don't have the time either. I, I like to shut it down. Dude, there's nothing worse than like, you get through, especially with this fucking Zoom shit. Like, yeah. I go, you, you book me out for the day. Like, book me out for the day. But don't add shit last minute. And don't, like, you can pull shit out. Oh, there's no better feeling than going, uh, oh, hey, just so you know, that meeting's moved. You're like, okay, I'm oh. done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I want a cigar so bad and I'm not smoking cigars because of the COVID. And I really? just, I, yeah, well, I, no, know. no, but like, are you worried that you will possibly get it because of people have touched it or something or no, 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 no. I, so I, when I was, I was on the road, I was on the full disclosure. I'm on the road. We're doing, we're, we're doing like upstate New York and Pennsylvania. And then, and then we're taking the bus to Manhattan and I'm doing shows in Manhattan the next week. Right. But 
we're, we have a full week off. So we take the bus down to Manhattan. We stay in Manhattan. We're partying really fucking hard. And one morning I wake up on the bus and I'm like, I say, I was like, God, I need some sort of break. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I really don't know how I'm going to do this until the end of the year. And I'm thinking to myself, I may die. Like, I, I could totally die. Like, I'm partying really fucking hard at the time. And I don't see an end in sight. Like, I know that the tour goes until New Year's. And then when that tour ends, another one starts. And I'm like, I, and, I, and I'm just, by the way, there's no, there's no idea that this country is going to shut down like this. I'm right. just laying in bed going, get me like, um, can you get me like, I need like a month or something. I need like a month break to clean up and like lose a little weight, get healthy. Like, I feel like I'm waking up almost sick every morning, like either, either like a little, little stuffed up in the head or a little bit of a chest cold or like, or just hung over. And I'm like, I need, I'm not working out for shit. I'm not running. I'm not like, I'd yeah. plan on doing a thousand miles, like running a thousand miles in the year. And I'm just so far off that pace. And I'm laying in bed on my right side because my left side's frozen. Because if I laid on my left side, all of a sudden I get pain running through my neck and arm. And I'm like, and so like, I'm like, I'm beat to fuck. And I'm like, God, I need some sort of a break. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not getting it this week. I'm in New York all week. I'm going to be partying all week. I'm not right. getting it this weekend, next weekend, because we're now we're, we're in New York for like eight days. And then we do shows in New York and DC. And then I go home only to come back to New Orleans. And, and the tour just wasn't stopping. Hmm. And I was like, I just need some sort of a fucking break. And then I listened to Rogan's podcast he did with Michael Osterhaus, where the guy said, basically, uh, Corona's way worse than anyone's going to say. It's it's so contagious. Fuck washing your hands. It's airborne. We're all going to get it. And Rogan says, he goes, so who's most at risk? And the guy goes, well, anyone with a pre-existing condition or with unha- an, an unhealthy lifestyle? And he goes, what if, you, what if Rogan says, and by the way, I'm paraphrasing, and this isn't entirely accurate, but I'm sure you can pull the audio and you'll hear exactly, you can match it to this and you'll go, hey, he said it's close, close enough, Bert. <laughs> he said, so let me, like, if say if you drink too much and you smoke and you're overweight and you, like, don't sleep enough and you don't get any exercise, those people are really at health risk. And I'm waiting for him to go, no, 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 we don't have to worry about those guys. And he goes, no, those are the most susceptible. And here I am going, I had just had a conversation with God going, I need a break. Like I'm fucking burnt and I'm just not, there's no rebound for me. Like I'm not yeah. going to get a break, man. Be careful. I mean, I didn't even wish for it. I just said, I need a break. And the next fucking week, everything shut down. And I went, right. Fuck. So then I said, I said to myself, I was like, all right, you just, and, and by the way, this is all just pairing up. I go, we're driving back from new Orleans to LA in the bus. And I'm like, all right, you actually said this last week that you needed a break. You're going to get, at the time, we thought it was going to be like a three-week break, right? Yeah. I go, you're going to get a three-week break. You better fucking respect this break. No cigars, no marijuana, no booze, work out every day, lots of sleep, lots of water. Let's clean ourselves out. This is the break you wanted. Right. So, you know, it goes one week and then they shut everything down and I'm not drinking, I'm not boozing. And now it's been fucking what it's, I can tell you exactly how many days it is. I fucking set a timer. crazy? (laughs) I set a fucking timer. I set a timer. I'll tell you exactly. uh, Two months, four days, five hours, nine minutes and 37 seconds ago. With no 
Cigars. No, well, uh, no cigars. Definitely, I've done no cigars maybe a little longer. No, well, I've smoked weed once with Joe, and yeah. I've drank I think six times in okay. sixty-five days. But wow. well, but I and I've run and I've run like two hundred and seventy-five miles in sixty-five is, days. I gotta weigh in because, in a weird way, we're I mean we're almost the same dude. This is crazy. All right, so I've had the same sort of thought. Like you know, I was boozing up like crazy when I was in Los Angeles living by myself in Studio City I had no one in the same house with me telling me like hey dude we'll take it easy here yeah. and I was just killing it and then I, when I came back home I go well this is it this is this is me now I'm going to clean up I'm going to get myself checked out I got surgery done on my shoulder um, started getting a little bit more healthy and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and I'm like no more gym but my brother who is a CrossFit fanatic made a gym in his garage and he goes, well, come over to my garage and we'll do something. And that's been that way for like two months now. And I'm, this pandemic has caused me to be the healthiest I've ever been since I was 23 years old. I mean, I'm doing shit. I never thought I would do. I'm, I'm, I'm doing burpees. I'm doing EMOMs. I'm, I'm doing this stuff that I've never heard of and I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Um, but yeah, it's all because I am forced to do something. Now, I know once the government opens back up and I go back on the road, I'm probably going back to shit. Yeah, man. It's not, but it's not even that. I, here's the deal. Is I, I said to Leanne, when this started, it wasn't that I was going to teetotal. I just said, I need to learn some sort of self-restraint. Like, I don't, I don't have any self-restraint. And it's basically, no, no one has ever, no one's ever, it's never benefited anyone that's in my life to tell me to slow down. Like for anything, right. I'm fun. I don't yep. fucking, I don't lose my temper. I'm, I'm very loving. I'm very generous. I'm, I like, I'm a, I'm a really good guy. And when I drink, I'm not a bad person. Right. So You're like, a happy drunk. Yeah. And I, I love to eat. I love fucking eating. And I love, I love like sneaking Oreos. And I mean, it's just, everything's fun. I, everything I've always wanted everything to be fun in life. And, and that's why I live my life. And so no one's ever like, Hey, slow down the fun. But Leanne, Leanne, God damn it. Leanne's always been like, you need to learn some sort of moderation. So yeah. when we went into this, I said to her, um, I'm going stone sober. And she said, don't do that. She's like, I think you will end up killing yourself. You'll, you'll end up becoming a little unbearable. She goes, mm-hmm. you've always wanted moderation, fine moderation. And I went, I went, okay. And f- for fir- first 35 days, there was no such thing as moderation. It was just mm-hmm. teetotal. Just quit. Yeah. And then she was like, she was like, L- allow yourself. She was like, you're making, you're making it tough on me. Cause like I'll open a <laughs> bottle of wine and you'll, yeah. and you'll just be like, no, I'm good. And you'll just go yeah. to bed. She's like, hang out with me, like be yeah. the guy you are, but right. learn how to be that guy. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, totally. And so, so I, I've allowed myself legit moderation where like drank Sunday night and, uh, and, and got fucking wasted, but we laughed hysterically <laughs> and woke up Monday like going, okay, time to get yeah. back on the wagon, time to get back working out, lose some weight, focus, get some podcasts done. You're working this week. So like I said, there, I would there, love- uh, you're, you're, I think you're exactly right. There's something to be said for like, if you got a problem and you're, you're thinking about quitting, don't make it such a big deal in your brain that I need to quit forever. Yeah. Just go like, just give yourself the, the permission to fuck that up. Even just go like, all right. I'll go for a week. We'll see what happens. You know, I'll go for a day or two. If I have a glass of wine, it's not the end of the day. I'll, I'll start over the next day. But I think you're right. It's when people go like, you need to quit 
everything now, that's such a huge thing that it scares yeah. the shit out of you and it causes you not to even want to do it. Dude, but if I you said, say, just quit right now, just don't drink the rest of the night and then maybe do it tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. I think there are probably people that have a hard time like that that's impossible, I guess. I don't know. But like, I'll tell you what I will say is, you know, we bought this, we bought this uh, new house. We're not doing anything with it. We're just, we were going to rebuild it. We're kind of just pumping the brakes. That's where we're building the podcast studio though. And so yeah. we'll have a nice podcast studio on a great piece of land, but what? Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we go over there one day. And I'd, I'd run like I'd run like eight miles that day. I felt really good. Had nothing but water. I'm feeling great. The sun's setting. And I'm like, God damn it. I wish I had a, I want a beer. Right. Like I want a beer. And by the way, I hadn't, I hadn't drank in probably two weeks from that point. And so, you, and then, and there is a thing to start building up days where you're like, I'll just keep it going. I'll keep it going. And she goes and Leanne's like, oh, you know, when your tour bus came back from tour, I emptied all the beers that were on the tour bus, which are all fucking awesome, awesome beers. Like okay. we had, we, that was part of the rider is that they had to give us like a case of, of like micro brews from wherever that was. She goes, I, I put all those uh, beers in the refrigerator here at the new house. So they're inside the house. I go, whoa, whoa are you serious? She goes, yeah, they've been in there for like, for like 65 days, 60 days or where I'm sure at the time it was like 40 days. So I was like, shut up. So I went and I got, <laughs> I got a, uh, a um i was was it a pilsner or kel uh -huh. and green bottle ice cold take mm. it outside and it the whole outside starts to do up on the like it oh. just gets wet and it starts running down the side and i and i take a big first beer sip you know where you're just like i'm gonna put a little bit of murder yeah. behind this sip and i get my and i murder that first beer it just goes down so smooth yeah. and i get my first beer buzz and it was great. And I thought to myself, thank God I'm not in the program because this would be filled with a bunch of guilt and horrible feelings. This right. just feels like fucking awesomeness right now. Right, right. And I was like, and then I was like, I'm getting another fucking beer. Walk yeah. in, grab another beer. Now I got a two <laughs> beer buzz. My kids are like, my kids, my kids see the dad's got two beers in them and they're like, hey, dad we should get refrigerators for our bedrooms. Right. And I'm like, Fuck, yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, man. I, I remember just, uh, in my, in my worst uh, in LA, I could kill a vodka easily a fifth. If I wanted to kill a fifth of one night, I could do that by myself. Oh, yeah. oh fuck. so yeah. easy. And now when I come back home, I, I live with my mother, you know, this, yeah. here, you're going to love this sentence. I am a 48 year old divorced man who lives with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that crazy but now that i'm here and i'm working out i'm working my ass off like at the podcast going to my brother's house working out two hours at a time doing these weird weird exercises there's muscles that are coming back i've never even knew existed when i do come home and it's time to reward myself with a beer if i drink one I'm like, this is great. And then before I know it, I'm watching, you know, the last dance on the ESPN and I'm sleepy. Yeah. Like I go to bed. Like it used to be, I was up till 2 a.m. Like this ain't working. This ain't working. I gotta, I gotta, you know, try and right? knock myself out. But I'm, I'm fucking tired. Like I go to sleep easy. There's no better feeling than it being 1030 and you're like, I gotta go to bed, guys. Like I've been doing that. I did that last night at 930. 
I was like, I was like, guys, I'm falling asleep. And my daughters are like, dad, one more gypsy wedding, one more gypsy wedding. And I go, I can't, I can't. And I'm and like, last, I got to, I got to pass last out. Night, but last night I was sitting in a recliner next to my mom. We were watching the last dance, which I make her watch, but you know, because it's what, it's a show that I want to see. She doesn't care yeah, about it, Yeah. but I got a hooked on it. And so we're watching it. And I just started dozing off and started snoring. And I just said, I- I'm going to bed. I went to bed before my 72-year-old mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, what world is this that I'm living in? I'm not a, you know, it's weird. My whole life is different, but, I, but I'm loving it. And, and I haven't really missed comedy too much. I mean, a little well, bit. I mean, you know what I it is? I'm- you know why? Because no one's doing it. That's exactly what I was about to say. The minute I see other people out there killing it, I'm like, ah, no. You know Dusty Slay. We all know Dusty Slay, yeah. right? I'll follow him. We're good friends. And I saw him post something about doing the uh, like uh, 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 club in Addison, Texas, uh, uh, improv, I guess it was. Yeah. I go, I said, I text him, are you on the road, dude? Are you actually doing stand-up? He goes, yeah, I played for a room 25 people last night. Felt great. Yeah. You can get back out there. And then, and then it hit me like, mm, all right, maybe I'm ready, uh, but only because Dusty was doing it. Yeah, that's it's a that I I got a text with uh, a couple people and they were like, "Hey man, uh, getting offers, dot dot dot, roads opening up, dot dot dot." And I was like, and then I started getting panicky. I was like, okay, hold on one second, like let's fucking talk about this, like. Yeah. And then and then I called my agents and I was like. I've always, I don't, I think this will be out if we have announced it or if we haven't announced it, I don't know. But I've, I, when this first kicked in, I caught like 65 days ago, the first on the ride back from New Orleans, I texted, not actually the ride back from New Orleans. It was probably a little after that. I texted my agents and managers and I said, I want to do uh, drive in movie theaters. Like, oh, I want to yeah. get me booked at a drive in movie theater. I think it'll be a fun, I think it'd be fun for my fans oh, wow. to be able to tailgate and then be in your cars, have all your, like you bring a truck post up in the back of your truck. Like everyone, like really, really fucking live it up. Yep. And, and it'll be a cool experience. It'll be something obviously I'll never do again because of necessity. And so, um, so I think we're, I'm not certain. I'm actually but- talking to, uh, you know, uh, Brian Heffron that owns the comedy zones. Yeah. He lives not far from me here, and uh, he just hit me up asking me if I wanted to be a part of that here in Hickory. They're going to do it at the, uh, the minor league baseball Minor league baseball, yeah. We, drive in. It's yeah. going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. I think it's going to be cool, and so um, we'll see, you know. Yeah, we'll I, I've never been a fan of outdoors and comedy, but this is a different thing. And So it starts at like 8 o'clock. Yeah. Openers, go up, openers go up at 8, 10, 8, 15, and then the sun starts setting at 8, 30, and you walk on stage. It's fucking, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. You know what it is? It's like, hey, don't you have, aren't the funnest stories about stand-up when you talk about weird gigs you did where you're like, God damn it, man, I had to stand (laughs) on a fucking back of a fire truck. Like, and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of the, I mean, and it's, you know, we need it right now. So it's more of like, uh, not just for me, but for everybody to get back out there and just do something outdoors again with everybody. Uh, but I just know, I mean, I, the times I've done stand up comedy outdoors, I've always hated it. And I've just, oh, I've, I've always on. loved it. I've always loved it. Cause I go, <laughs> I can't hear them laughing anyway. I'm killing, <laughs> you know, the gator growl. Have you heard of that? Of course. Yeah. Have you done that? No. Oh, and I'm, I'm, okay. Well, that's like outdoors, you know, and, uh, it's so huge. There's like 25,000, 30,000 people. 
and they're not seated close to you. They're in the arena around you because the field is manicured. They can't have anybody on the field. So you're not even, you can't even see the people you're playing to. And when you do a joke, the laughter is not right away. It takes like five seconds. It's a delay. And it, yeah, it I don't know if brutal. I do Gator Girl. That might be a tough one. It was brutal, but it, it you know, that first joke, you know, I, I'm in my head, I tell the joke and I'm waiting, I'm counting in my head because I called Jim Gaffigan. He told me, he goes, well, just, the timing's going to throw you off. Just know the timing's going to be an issue. So I did that. I tell my first joke, and in my brain, I'm going one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then I hear like <sighs> it comes back. I'm like, oh, thank God. And oh, thank you, God. Oh, dear but God. Then you just know how to pace it, you know. But but it's just a chore. But I know this is going to be. It's it's just something that you got to do right now. So well, dude, this has be been fun. awesome. I could talk to you forever. We should do this again. Hey, I recorded this whole thing. Um, I was wanting to see if you could do my podcast, but I feel like if I pull a chunk from this, we're going to be fine. If that's okay yeah, with you. Perfectly fine with mine. All right. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you one question. Sure. Yeah. All right. Cause I listen to you guys and the big, I know Ari, Ari drugged you. <laughs> are you and Ari, are you cool again? Yeah. He just texted me oddly enough. Like all, while we were, while we were on here, he called me and then texted me. Yeah, we're cool. I, the thing that sucks is that my daughters and my wife hate him. You know, oh, like, yeah. so like, that's what sucks is that like, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it happened like right there. And, and when it happened, I was well aware of all of the, all of the things that were going to happen because of it. Like I was acutely aware that I wasn't going to be able to keep this a secret, um, that my wife was going to find out about this and that my wife was going to be livid. I knew that immediately. I did not expect my daughters to hate him. But I knew that he would never be allowed back in my house. I actually <laughs> also thought it might fuck up his career that like people would dislike him and 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 maybe look poorly upon him. And as his friend, it really bothered me because I didn't want any of that to happen to him. And and I and you know I I, I was I wasn't really mad at him at the time when he drugged me. I was more like I was more scared really because I didn't I, just because I'm on blood pressure medicine and yeah. I didn't know if he would fuck my blood pressure medicine. And so I was just scared. I think I, and I wasn't angry until like a week later, I was like, all these things started sitting in my head about like, why would he do that to me? Cause he said he'd do it to Rogan. Like he was like, I definitely do it to Rogan. And Joe was like, no, you wouldn't. Cause I would kill you. I would beat you <laughs> to death and you would not do that to me. And you definitely wouldn't do it in my house. And Segura was like, yeah, I would never speak to you again. And I went, yeah. okay, well then what's wrong with me right. I'm forgiving him. And so I got mad at him that he would do it to me. Like I, I like a week later, I got angry, and that makes sense. And then, and then, and then, and then we, and then I, I stopped getting mad at him, and I was like, I was like, I, I, he started showing re, re, like actual remorse, like in text, yeah. and and he called me every single day. He called okay. me at like roughly the same time every single day, and every single day I let it go to voicemail, and so like right towards the end of sober October. He texted me and said, "Are we not? Are we not going to be friends anymore? And if we are, that and he said it was a very, very emotional text and about how he fucked up and he he deserves this, but it really is going to upset him because how he feels about me and and whatnot. And and we talked on the phone, and he was extremely apologetic, not the Ari that he was on Rogan. He was like a very." It's the Ari yeah. that I know. Well, is- it's the Ari that us, we, we know. You know, there's two Aris. There's the Ari that's um, trying to start trouble online all the time um, yeah. and, and does that. And then there's the sweet Ari uh, that, 
that also exists uh, in the real world. And yeah, uh, and that's the one that I know, and that's the one my wife had gotten to know, but my wife couldn't really compartmentalize the other Ari. She right. couldn't share. She can't. She can't split. It's like in a bad analogy, but like guys can split legs because they have pants on. My wife's got a skirt on. If she splits legs, she feels vulnerable. It doesn't fuck it. It's not the same way. So for whatever reason, she couldn't accept yeah. both sets of Ari's because he would come over here. He, I mean, I think he was backpacking through Asia or whatever. And he came to LA and he had his backpack and he came here and like he did his laundry and he hung out and we fed him. And my wife had cooked dinner for him that night. She figured he'd just have dinner with us. And then I was going to get on a plane and she is, she hates him. She'll never not hate him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my daughters hate him, which really sucks because my daughters really liked him. Like they yeah. really, they really genuinely got a kick out of this weird uncle that would show up with a backpack and, and, and ask them questions in, in a weird, like, like almost like it was like he was an alien. He'd be like, wait, <laughs> wait, you have to wear a uniform every single day. And my daughter would be like, yeah. And he'd be like, does everyone wear the same thing? She's like, no. And he's like, well, then it's not really a uniform, is it? And, <laughs> and so like the fact, like he saw Isla put on deodorant one time or Isla saw him put on deodorant. That's a bad, that's a bad flip of him. He did not see Isla put on deodorant. <laughs> okay, Isla saw him put on deodorant. And then she said, I put on deodorant the same way. And I said, you guys put it on like lunatics. And I showed them how to put on deodorant and they made fun of me together. And it was a great fucking moment that they shared making fun of me together. Right. It was like fun. And then one day I was, after all this happened, I was texting, Ari texted me and I texted back. Georgia saw Ari Shafir on my phone and grabbed my phone and said, don't fucking do that. And I went, excuse me? She goes, don't text him, dad. And I went, oh, wow. baby, I go, it's complicated. She goes, no, it's not. He tried to kill you. And I went, he didn't try to kill you. She goes, dad, if, if there was a boy who slipped me drugs in our backyard in front of you and I was trying to text him, would you let me? And I went, no. Right. She goes, then don't text him. Yeah. And I was like, oh God. And I was like, yeah. typical Ari to make life difficult for everyone around him. <laughs> right. Well, me and my girlfriend were listening to that and I was laughing my ass off because um, I know you guys. Yeah. And I know you party together hard and have a great time. And it's something that if I were you, I would probably be mad for a while and get over it. But if it happened to me, I would also be mad quickly and it might take me long because I wasn't as an audience member. I'm laughing my ass off because I yeah, know these yeah. characters and it's hilarious. And my girlfriend's like, you think that's funny? I'm like, yes, it's hilarious. He fucking drugged him. He had to fly that day. He was on ecstasy. It's, it was hilarious. It's, and it's funny two buddies because, joking yeah, with each other. I, I called Whitney after it happened and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this because I don't like, I have feelings about it, but I don't want to, I don't like, it's almost like wrestling. You don't want to pull back the kayfabe. You don't want to like, you, you, you want to make sure that like, everyone still sees us as comics and not real people sometimes because mm -hmm. because yeah. i know for a fact how i'd hear it and i'd be like shut the fuck up i can't wait to hear that podcast and then you're like oh no these are real human beings right you also just live out, out outside the box and out loud but yeah it was a i'm i'm yeah. cool with them i mean like yeah. i'll never take a drink from him ever again in my <laughs> life but right. but i know he's not a bad person even when the whole kobe shit went down Right. Like I was like, I, 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 it's so funny. 
I was defending him so much at one point that I just started blaming Hitler. <laughs> I was like, guys, blame Hitler. It's not Ari. Right. It's Hitler did this. Hitler did this to his dad. His dad was in the concentration camp. Um, it's Hitler's fault. It's not Ari's fault. Oh, that's good. That's a good strategy. I mean, I'm the same way. As soon as that Kobe stuff went down, look, we think differently. I think when something crazy happens in the news, my brain starts writing jokes. Yeah. Now I know that it w- would not be appropriate for me in my career to put these out there, but they happen in my brain. I start, I started thinking of Kobe jokes immediately. Yeah. And I was like, cause I didn't, I don't care about the Lakers. I, that wasn't my thing, but I, I sent one to, to Ari. I go here, you can use this. I've done that in the past. I'm like, here, Take this. I know this is your thing. I can't do it. I, I, um, I It's funny. I, I saw the Kobe thing, and I kind of was like, I was on the treadmill when it happened. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was getting ready to go to the store, and my daughter's friend's like, who's Kobe Bryant? And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, She's wow. like, he's dead. And I went, wait, hold on. What did you just say? Oh, and that's so, how you and, found out? That's how I found out is my daughter's, uh, my daughter's friend was reading a text or reading the news on her phone after oh. an overnight. And so I was like, I was blown away and I was in LA. So like at the time, I think it was raining that day or it was shitty weather. Well, yeah, obviously that's how, yeah, obviously it was shitty weather. And so, uh, yeah. I walked, I walked into Gelson's and I was watching people realize it on their phone. Like they were going like, Oh fuck. And I was like, wow, it's really crazy. But like everyone felt like a community, like everyone was in LA was pulling together at that moment. Like, yeah. Checking out at Gelson's. She was like, my God, did you hear? And I was like, yeah, I know. And I know those people because I go to that Gelson's a lot. And they're like, they're like crazy. And I was like, God damn it. And they're like, and like, it was crazy. And then I came back, I got on the treadmill and I saw Ari's tweet before he didn't text it to me. I just saw it. Oh, wow. I screen grabbed it. I think I sent it to like probably Segur or someone. And he was <laughs> like, and he was like, holy shit. And I was Here like, we go. tell me about it. And yeah. then I think we texted Ari like, what the fuck? Or, or <laughs> even like, or even we're like, Jesus. Jesus Christ, sorry. And he was like, Yeah, I get some heat from this one. You're like, <laughs> I get some. Well, that's what he does. And that's what, and then, you know, that's, that's what Ari does. So it's why I, I it's like papered rooms. It's like you have a papered room, and that's when you get in trouble because people who don't get your sense of humor are coming in to see you do stand up. Right. You want people to pay for the ticket because then once they do, the ownership's on them. They want to, they'll enjoy it more. And, right. and Twitter's a little bit of a papered room where you put out a joke. And <clears throat> look, I put out a joke about Kim Jong yeah on the day that everyone thought he was dead i put out a joke a, wrote, saying like uh how arrogant because his sister kim jong song song mm-hmm. was going to yeah. take over for him i said how arrogant of kim jong il his dad i go how arrogant for him to name all his kids after himself kim and then i wrote kim jong-un kim jong song <laughs> <laughs> obviously just like, based yeah, on, yeah. A, on a real it's yeah and then i wrote kim jong joke at the very last one so, so that everyone knew it was a joke i hashtagged it okay. <clears throat> but it was on the day that kim jong-un and i had hashtag kim jong-un so it slid into all these people who were just politically minded koreans right it's oh. nothing about that is funny to them at all let alone yeah. the fact that i'm making fun of the f- I'm making fun of the fact that most americans don't know that koreans put their last name first Right, right, right. I thought, I thought all their first names were Kim at first. Right. I'm like, oh wait, that's their last name, obviously. Wait, 
I'll let you go. What was the girl's name? Kim, uh, the, the 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 one that was going to take over from Kim Jong Un. What was her name? Kim Kim Jong Kim, Kim Song Un or something. Kim. Okay. All right. I was just thinking that. What if it was Kim Jong Kim? <laughs> like because that's a female's name. Kim Jong Kim. Um, Dude, all right. Yeah. It, no. It's uh, it's I I and so I had to delete the tweet because it was just like Koreans going. This is horribly racist. And I was like, first of all, it's not racist. And by the way, I don't know that it is or it isn't. But like. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to die on this hill. Like I give two fucking Kim Jong fucks if you fucking think yeah. I care about fucking going down on this fucking hill. So I just deleted it and was like, and then right. and then people start going, why did you delete it? And I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like I was just trying to make a joke to make a couple people laugh, but the wrong yeah. people got a hold of it, and now all of a sudden I'm going to be labeled a, t- a fucking racist for yeah. a joke that isn't even racist. I was like, fuck off. Burr hit me up. He's like, dude, don't fucking delete that shit. You never delete. And I was like, I don't care. I think it's okay to delete just if you're trying to live a peaceful life. But um, the apology is different. Like when you make a public apology, that's when you like that. I'd rather, would, I'd rather prematurely delete it than make a public apology. Yeah, exactly. That's and by the way, I'm not going to apologize for the joke because it was like, it was a stupid fucking joke. It was like, I was trying to make a joke of the fact that most <laughs> Americans don't understand. Oh, I said yeah. Kim Jong Troll was Kim Jong Troll was the joke. <laughs> Kim Jong joke, Kim Jong Troll were like the two because there's a troll joke. It's like most yeah. Americans don't know that the last name goes. First. The last name goes first, and most Americans are going to go, "Yeah, how fucked up?" He named all his kids Kim. <laughs> George Foreman's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was, I was, that was the joke I should have made better. By the way, I wrote a video joke about boats today. It's getting a lot of traction. <laughs> Bert Kreischer, thank you so much for no, uh, having me on you. your podcast. Dude, I fucking, I absolutely love you, man. I'm keep, I'm, I can't wait to hear the podcast with uh, Natalie. Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Uh, I'll keep you informed and I'll, I'll tag and whatnot and all that, all that fun stuff. Please do, brother. Stay safe and enjoy fucking, enjoy your CrossFit workouts with your brother. Look at this. I will. Getting ripped, bro. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the machine in here. Oh, Woo! There's your screen grab right there. Gotta, that, there's your screen grab. <laughs> All right, I'll Bert. see you later, John. Thank you, brother. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.